Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. I'm worried driving the car with Oakley and she I'm not going to give this any more credence. I'm not going to let the person win. I will not be a victim. We have nothing to put the patient onto, so they're safer on an ambulance trolley. What I did in the morning, TJ, is crack. It's like Aaron. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the opinion line with PJ Coogan. Coach 96FM. Okay, so bread is going to come down by, or has already, I think, come down by 10 cents for the in-store own brand white and brown sliced loaf. I don't even know if it covers the brown sliced loaf, but it certainly covers the in-house own brand sliced white loaf down by... 10 cents overnight, they're saying in Tesco and Aldi and Lidl will follow suit. I don't know whether Super Value or Duns will follow suit. Presumably they will. They'll all do it. It follows on from the milk last week. 10 cents down on the, the big drum of milk. Tis, tis starting to happen, but not fast enough. And that little pantomime in Leinster House yesterday, where realistically, as I explained to you yesterday morning, I went through the act. There isn't a whole pile the government can do, and I'm guilty myself of thinking they could do more than I thought they can do. Um, The Act is there, and they can impose caps and maxes and all that kind of crack, but it's a bit more difficult than it seems. We're going to follow this um, throughout the morning. There are more things starting to happen. They've been given six weeks now to get the prices down, and six weeks for your shopping basket and mine to become noticeably cheaper. Whether it'll happen, I do not know. Um, Certainly the milk and the bread, if you buy own brand in-house milk and bread, which, to be fair, is as good as anything else you'll get. Uh, Don't be afraid of... Don't be necessarily buying a big brand name, bread, and think that the sliced pan in the clean cling film next to it, or whatever you call it, is, is a inferior product. It's not. It's just cheaper. That's all. So, it's a start, I guess. It's a start. 0818 96 96 96 on food and food prices. I'll also come back to that discussion we had yesterday about the cost of food in restaurants. I'll talk to the man who started the whole discussion, JP McMahon, up in Galway. We got loads of examples yesterday of prices that people just simply cannot explain away. The one that keeps coming back to mind is how on earth four slices of toast could cost six quid and those examples still coming into us at 083 396 96 96 but first and foremost this morning to far more grim things um, and not unconnected to food either and not unconnected to the need for food either and I'm talking to Hazel Dennehy 
of uh, Street Angels. And Hazel, am I reading this correctly? You said that five people that you knew who were homeless have died in the last six weeks here in Cork. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? I'm very well. Yeah. Um, yeah, five of them have gone, I'd say, in the last three months. Right. Um, for, well, um, a few of them now, what, they weren't actually, they, they were, they're homeless, but they were in accommodation. Do you know what I mean? I do, uh, surfing. But, um, no, I just landed down in slow two hours when I got one of my very, very close friends. Now, he would, thank God he's not, he wasn't homeless, but he had been for years. Yeah. And, um, I I went out there to for my <laughs> big birthday, and um, yeah, it kind of put a dampener on it because I couldn't get home, I couldn't do anything. I know, I but know. yeah, and then there was one before him, and I done a vigil for um, Luke Morgan last Monday night, and for Robbie Harris and his families mm. came, and yeah. you know I always like to do a vigil after in memory, just to show um, they meant a lot to us, you know. Sure, And sure. we build bonds and with the family and that. And yeah. it's just so sad. You get to know them through the work that you do and you, you form friendships with some of them. And, and my condolences on the loss of your friend. Yeah. The shortage yeah. of food is really showing up now as well, Hazel. You're running out of oh, food on your runs, are you? Totally, yeah. Because um, now I know we had extra last week, but it's it's normal that we used. I used to start out with feeding what forty. Yeah, fifty would be a lot. We're feeding about one hundred and twenty every week, and last Monday and three weeks earlier, I had to go over and um, buy twenty burgers and chips from McDonald's yeah. because the queue was so big. We have people coming. It's not just Irish. We have Ukrainian, Ukrainians. We have um, Russians. Um, there was um, a French guy. He's a student. Mm-hmm. And he, he was so embarrassed. But I said, look, it's there for anybody that's hungry. Yeah. Please take. Now, um, yeah, so, and um, we're down as supplier as well. So if there's anybody that would donate, you know, hot meals, we have Donatello's dropping pizzas to us and we have Domino, or is it, I always get yeah. Domino's wrong, okay. is it? Okay. I'm sure they know who they are and great generosity being shown did, by them all. But yeah, you're just but running out did. now, night after the night. The are getting bigger and bigger and... Um, and it's not just my run, it's the other runs during the week. There's other groups doing it as well. Where do you um, go, Hazel, when do you do it? I know I've asked you before. Um, I set up outside the Savoy, across from Brown Thomas. Um, every Monday, I set up between six and half six. Okay. And I set up my tables, my team joins me. And we... Um, we set up the hot food, comes about seven o'clock. Right. One um, of my volunteer picks it up and others then just come in and drop it into us. And then I have um, 
people in Mallow that would give it to me and I'd have it brought up and I'd have it hot because I have the use of the Haven Cafe. Yeah, great great work that you're doing. But like you say, you're running out quicker every night. Quicker, yeah. And queues, I think. I I actually have to line them up because some just walk up to the table and, and you might have the queue and they're looking at me as if to say, well, how come we're queuing and they can walk up straight to get it and I mm. go, go back in the queue <laughs> or you're not getting food. We're talking about <laughs> the, the price of groceries and what is or isn't being done to try to yeah. help people. Like, yeah, is, that causing, is that causing your queues to get longer, the cost of groceries? It is the cost of food because they're asking, could we take away a handful of tea bags? Now, we'd only have the tea bags to make them tea and coffee on the night. So I am finding and bringing an extra box of tea bags and coffee because some come little with a little carton and ask, is it possible, could I take uh, a bit of coffee away so that I'd have a cup in the morning? So people are so, so short, Hazel, that they don't have yeah, a handful of tea bags to keep them going at home. Exactly. And I mean, we take it for granted. And when you actually, you know, see it coming and asking, um, it's just such an eye opener. That'll break so your heart. Sure, I have it. And it's breaking my heart, you know. But um, yeah, oh, yeah. I don't know. Well. You, I know that you've been, you, and they're great people and they run a fabulous business. Fitzpatrick Stone and Glonton, Kerry and her people are very good to you. Oh, they're absolutely. Oh, I tell you, we really, they send in salad rolls. They send in um, non-perishable foods. They send in desserts. Brilliant. And big cartons of food as well. They need so and much so much support from the community. Yeah, they really, really do. Like now, they went away with three or four bags of food now last week. But I have to try and keep it that cat because the other people then come and of course they, they do. don't um, you're looking after a lady Alina her story was here on the program a while back and oh, her two little boys right. yeah oh PJ that was the most memorable part of my life the day I went in it was Tuesday um two weeks ago mm. she went in and um she gave birth birth to two baby boys, Justin and Joshua. Joshua was born with um, a cyst on his head, which had fluid. But at the time, they'd done all the tests. It wasn't attached to the brain. And they said it might, do you know... He's, he's going to be fine, though, is he? He will be fine. So then, this is the lady. Look, I'm after forgetting it again to mention it because I often think people know exactly who we're talking about and they don't. This is the lady who was living in some of the worst conditions any of us had ever come across. It was all—it was all over the papers. Appalling. It was absolutely appalling conditions she was living in. The roof was falling in, and everything. Mine asked me, "Could I help her?" And she's in emergency accommodation now. That's good. Because she, um, well, she, she was going to the toilet in the garden, I think. It was that bad. That's it, yes. And um, the so Joshua is over the operation. He had it yesterday. Good, good. And good. Um, they're, you know, um, 
I'll ring him now today and hopefully they won't be too long in Dublin. Good, good. But I am looking for if anybody, because she got a buggy, but unfortunately, um, while um, it was there, the handles broke or something. So the girl has nothing to push the twins around. We have to carry them. I carry her in the car. And that place she was living in, where the roof roof was falling in, she was going to the toilet in the backyard, it was people who have been doing they said it was the worst that they've ever seen where is she now did she got out of there she did she's out of there and the council have put her up in a lovely accommodation it's an emergency accommodation but it's lovely good well compared to where she was it's it's her her way better than she was good good people will be happy to to know that I'm seeing this I'm seeing this on my screen as well did you have children coming up looking for a few chicken nuggets oh I did <laughs> I did God love them um, they were looking for chicken nuggets but uh, uh, two weeks ago and I goes I'm sorry um, I I haven't chicken nuggets but I have chicken tenders from Papa Bill's they send every second week Papa Bill's send down chicken tenders chips cocktail sausages and um, would that do your pet and I had I I I had a few sneaky Easter eggs put away. Of course you did. Of course you did, you beauty. <laughs> and these, and these are little local kids, yeah? Little car yeah. kids. All they wanted the chicken nuggets. And, now, they're, and they're queuing up at a table outside the Savoy um, for a couple of chicken you nuggets. Know what? It melted my heart, it did. And I, and talking about kids, I actually have two lovely girls. They actually make all these um, rainbow cakes and... Um, different little buns from Glenmire every week yeah. and wow. their daddy or mammy drives them in Great. and brings in the little cakes to me <laughs> they're amazing yeah Fantastic. but um, yeah I mean it's lovely to see him and it's lovely to chat with him but it's heartbreaking and on the other hand you of course know? it is I mean you don't you, you're there and you'll always be there but you don't want to be there you'd prefer to pack up and go I, home and not have to do this anymore oh, yeah <laughs> yeah getting to that point now that yeah you know it's just I don't know words are beyond me at this stage that says a lot because I thought it would be getting easier as the years go by but it's not it's mm. getting more and more and yeah well, 7 o'clock at the Savoy on a Monday evening is the time you start setting up forever how long the, the food lasts. Former Norderly Q, as they say. And Hazel, we can find you, anyone can find you on Street Angels on Facebook and continue the wonderful work that you do. Hazel Denny, 0818969696. And if we can ever do anything for you, you know where we are. We'll find what we can for you. Uh, all the hype around Neil Richmond and Leo and Michal. This is from Tim about retail prices and then the regulator telling him lay off. Sure, they knew that was going to happen. They can influence gas and electric too and they won't do it. Uh, notice that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, the warning came through for the, reg- well, the CCPC. This is the consumer protection people. The, CC, the, the CCCP, whatever they're calling themselves, kind of say, look, be careful now about laws and be careful now about orders and be careful now about all that old stuff. Um, it's the last thing that you that you want to be doing is drawing all that on yourself. 
but when you listen to you listen to Hazel there, Anne Anne has just been on the phone. Her heart is broken, and she wants to donate a hundred euro to Hazel's work. Anne, thank you. You're a kind and decent human being. Her heart was broken listening to Hazel, so she's got a hundred quid. And she's going to give it to the work of the Street Angels. Well done, you. 0818 96 96 96. Uh, Gary Barlow's after becoming a property developer. That's his new business now. Do you know he's had a couple of businesses? Yeah. He had a, a publishing company. I assume music publishing. He did that new show, Let It Shine. But he also uh, had Organic Wine, which sold over half a million bottles. He had that business where he created uh, pubs for shorter people. Didn't he? Barlow. <laughs> Limited. Gary Barlow Limited. Casey and Ross in the morning. Test drive the award-winning Skoda Enyaq electric SUV at No DC Cars. Skoda sales dealer of the year. Corks 96 FM. So, as I said yesterday, when we were talking about prices in restaurants and the price of food going out and eating out and all of that, it all started when there was a, a receipt picture of a receipt put up on a Facebook page and sent on to us for someone who had tea and toast. Now, tea and toast, okay? What would you expect to pay for tea and toast in a cafe? Uh, two cups of tea, 3.20. Okay? And four slices of toast times one euro fifty. Six euro. So one fifty for a slice of toast. That started a whole discussion. And people were sending us an examples yesterday of the cost of things. I quoted an article written by J.P. McMahon, who's a chef and a restaurateur and an author, runs a couple of places in the west of Ireland, and he was saying that the most insulting thing you can say to the restaurant sector at this stage is to accuse them of price gouging. And we chatted about it with Paul Trevo in Killarney yesterday, but J.P. joins me now. And J.P., I know it's a cafe and not a restaurant, but surely there's nothing to justify one fifty for a slice of flipping toast. Good morning. Hey, I don't know. I suppose that you'd have to. I suppose look at the at the rest at the cafe's costs. I mean, I suppose the biggest difficulty around around why the toast is one fifty is not so much related to the, the 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 cost of the piece of bread. It's the it's the the staff costs or the energy costs. Um, they're two of the of the biggest ones. And also, say for example, the VAT. So. Uh, the vat will will go on the on the piece of toast, whether that that's thirteen percent. Um, but I mean, the staff costs have gone up at least twenty five percent since COVID, and 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 most people advocate for restaurants uh, chefs to get better paid, and uh, that's the general narrative in the media that the staff uh, the sector is is uh, accused of not paying people enough. And I suppose sometimes I think it, it's kind of like you can't have it both ways. And I'm not saying I don't know this cafe, so I'm just saying that, but. Uh, but I think that wanting better wages and cheaper food doesn't equate because the only way the restaurant gets money is to charge for for it. Well, minimum wage or a euro or two above it is where yes. most people would expect. When you're going to start in a restaurant, you expect to start yes, a minimum wage and you expect to work yes, up, but, up to a couple of euros over oh, it at least. 
Yeah, 100%. But the thing is, if a euro goes on minimum wage, then that's like, that's the government giving the person on minimum wage a raise. And what that does is that then every other staff member wants a raise because that person got an extra euro. So what it actually does is over time, and this has happened to the last two minimum wages, is that everyone in the kitchen starts to get more money. And then all of a sudden, um, you, your wages have gone up. Like, I mean, the, 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 the the best wage percent for a restaurant is about 30%. Ours runs somewhere between 37 and 45 at the moment. And 45 is not sustainable. So, and 37 is all, like, it's not great. But I, we cannot get back to the days when I opened in 2008, we, our wage percentage was 27, which is remarkably good. Now, that's for our restaurant. I mean, for a fast food establishment, the, the wages might be less. But it's, it's, there, there are a lot of hidden costs that make that toast uh, 150 mm. and you've got the but there's another um, one came in JP and this is my personal observation as a person who's lucky yes. enough because I'm well paid I'm lucky enough to be yeah. able to eat out semi-regularly at least with my family yeah. and and I don't take dessert I usually have another drink or something but my son loves a bit of dessert desserts are an outrageous price so we got a, a text here yesterday from someone who wanted a bit of hot apple tart and cream and they were charged 90 cents for the cream. Like, I, I, what's the I story think that's there? Ah, come me. I think that's, in, for I think that's entirely... For a 100%. scoop of cream. 100%. For a scoop of cream. You, I mean, you're in... You're, the person who's in sitting in an establishment and that establishment is getting heated... That establishment has been uh, put together. I mean, the last time we fitted out a cafe, it was 150,000 euro to fit that cafe out. So when someone comes in with a tea bag and asks for hot water, and I say, well, it's 150 for hot water. Of course, I'm not talking about that the water is, gonna, is, is going to cost me 150. It's the cost of running the restaurant. And the problem is, is that people are isolating food on a receipt and not putting it into context. And the context is, what is the rent of that establishment? How many staff have they got? And that was my only point. It's mm. that sometimes, sometimes restaurants do uh, charge too much. Absolutely, in tourist traps and all sorts of other places. But by and large, and I've been in, in the restaurant business like 15 years as an owner and 30 years as a, as a chef. Like, restaurants are not making vast profits. I mean, yes, there's one or two that are probably multinationals uh, that I won't name. But other than that, like, I mean, what we do in the restaurant is we make sure that we have enough money to pay our suppliers that we pay our staff and we pay our bills. And there's very little left out of that. There's a couple of percent. I mean, and you would be lucky to get three to five percent return. And that is not how someone runs like a smartphone company or a ninety cents. Company. 90 cents for a scoop of cream on a piece of apple pie. I think that's entirely reasonable. So, I mean... Explain that's, that. Break I, that. Please break that down to me, JP. Please break that well, down to me. So usually, so usually if the cream was to say, usually if you're charging 90 cents, that means something needs to cost you about 25. You need to either treble or quadruple your prices to, to, um, to, uh, to stay in business. And that's, that's a very low markup. When you think of a, if you buy a, a top um, in, a, in a clothing store, that's usually marked up at a thousand percent which means that it might have cost six euro to make, but then you're being charged 60 euro to buy that top. But no one's sending in pictures of tops or pictures of sunglasses. Sunglasses is a great example. Sunglasses are, are cost next to nothing, but then people spend 20, 30, 200 quid on them. But no one's sending, is anyone sending in receipts for any other sector? So why is it that we think we're being overcharged in regard to food, but not in the whole, in the whole, in relation to the whole rest of society. That, but the that's reason, my only the issue. reason being, JP, with regard to the food, we know how much 
it costs. And I know there are many you, things. You, you, you let, don't. Let me, let me, let me make the point. Let me make don't. the point. Let me make just, the point. Just, just for a second. People don't know the cost of food. They base it on the supermarket. That's, well, all, that's people's only... Let me only make the point. Because, well, well, here's the thing, JP. That is where, and with, with due respect, I'm enjoying this conversation, that is where most of my listeners buy everything that's in their fridge and their larder. So let, what, us, come, 100%. let us come back to the scoop of cream. You buy a pint of cream in little Aldi super value for whatever. It might be two yes. euro you pay for that. You, you whip that up in the kitchen by whatever means you... Yes. You'll get an awful lot of scoops out of that. Now, if you're, if you're going to charge 90 cents per scoop of cream on a two euro pint of cream, which I know that restaurants are buying on a discount because they're buying in bulk, that's a lot of profit on a scoop of cream. It- there is not a lot of profit in, 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 in food. And actually in dairy, there's the least amount of profit because the, the, the cost of dairy is, is so little. So I, I don't, I mean, the point is, is, they, is that when you open an establishment, it costs a lot of money to open that establishment. And it's not like going into Little Aldi, bringing home your cream and whipping it. You have staff who whip that. So someone is whipping that cream for you, who's bringing it down on a plate that has been purchased and is dropping it at your table. And then they're cleaning that. They're bringing that to the KP, who's another person that's going to wash that. That's energy to run. Like, I, I just, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I'm always, like, I think it's funny that people think that they're being overcharged in restaurants. And that's not to say, as I said, that there are people, that there are restaurants gouging, particularly, say, in tourist traps or in places where, like, festivals or that. But by and large, uh, restaurants are in the, in the business of, of keeping their customer happy mm. and, and hospitality. And okay. if you're not happy, if you're not happy that you've been charged the 90 cent, then, but then don't go back to the restaurant. To be fair, and I'll give you this much, um, and th- there's, there's a t- this is a two-way street. I'm, I'm not actually fighting with you. I'm just discussing what you like a punch. No, so, no I, I, I'm only, I'm only, I'm only, I suppose, I'll accept that the little, whatever you use, I think they call them guns to whip the cream. Whatever you use, be it a food processor or a gun or whatever you use to whip the I know that that probably costs two and a half times as much as it did last year just to whip me a drop of cream. I admit that. Yes. Oh, no. And, and look, I'm not just saying that it's very expensive to serve people food in Ireland. And the restaurant is not in control of that. All the restaurant is in control of is, is, is the product that it buys. So it's saying, like, if I want, like, local artisan cream from the farmer, well, that's more expensive. If I want bulk cream, then I can buy that. But that's all it's in, char- all it's in charge of. And if I charge 50 cent for a scoop of cream and then I look at my accounts at the end of the year and go, do you know what? I have to, I have to, I have to raise money somewhere. Usually... It's, it's on things like that. Because sometimes the food is marked up very little, like a, like a steak. There's a very bad markup on steak yeah. uh, because the beef is very expensive. But then, say, the potato dish is usually ones that people can isolate and go, do you know what, they're charging an awful lot for their potatoes. But that is where the restaurant needs to make its money because it's the same in the, in the supermarket when you have lost yeah. leaders because they'll sell their chicken for nothing, but then the pasta will be very expensive. Would you, would you accept, though, that, and it's again, it's an observation, I'm just a punter, I'm, you know, yeah. I'm lucky enough, and I stress that I'm lucky enough to be able to eat out semi-regularly with my family. Would you accept yeah. that the dessert is a nice handy way to subsidise the rest of the menu? The dessert is like if if you get people to eat dessert, it is a good way to bring to bring your spend per head up uh, up a little more. But not everyone has dessert, and so but desserts are getting more expensive because dairy is getting more expensive. And I never thought I'd see a dessert over ten euro, and I saw a dessert for twelve euro 
in Dublin uh, a couple of days ago. But I, I think I, I don't. I think that's expensive. But I I, I understand the reality of it. Mm. Our dessert somewhere go between somewhere between seven fifty and nine fifty, and I'm I'm loath to put them over ten, and I didn't. I said yeah. we think we put, because I don't want to break ten. But soon enough. Yeah, I'll have to break 10 because what I, I, the way Ireland is going is towards the Scandinavian model where you have higher wages in the hospitality industry and it's more expensive. And I've been lucky enough to go to Copenhagen many times and Copenhagen makes Ireland look cheap. Well, that, I'll give you, I'll and, grant you that. I'll grant you that. And, and, that's where, and that's where we're going. And so we kind of have, because so many of us go to Spain, we have this impression that we want, that we want food, the price of food to be like our Spain or Italy or well, France. Well, let's make but a comparison just, there. I, I, yes. here's, I've, 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 I've longed for the opportunity to put this to someone. So I'm, I'll be on holidays in, in, in the summertime in Spain and I'll sit down and I'll have myself a, a, a nice little bit of steak, a couple of spuds, a bit of veg, glass of wine, that bit of sauce, whatever. That dish will probably send me back per portion and, I'm, and, I'll, be, and I'll be pushing the boat out at fifteen ninety nine. Now, it'll cost oh, me treble that here. Explain the 100%. difference to me, JP. Like the, the 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 primary difference is uh, is on the wages, and I've had friends that have gone to Spain. So you can expect, as a chef in Spain, to get about two hundred and fifty euro a week, approximately. And if you're very good, maybe three fifty. And if you're the head chef, you might get five hundred. So you might get two grand a month. Um, chefs in Ireland get paid uh, even the minimum wage, which is what about eleven something at the moment. So the minimum wages for forty hours is is over five hundred. So you're already talking about double the wages that uh, that you'd see in Spain, and that's only at the base level. Mm. So that's why Spanish food is cheaper, and it's why three hundred quid in Spain, Spain they go a lot faster, a lot further than five hundred quid here. But that. 100%. And that's why we love to go to eat in Spain, but we don't like to go and work in Spain because I've had many chefs, even one chef that went to Portugal, and he said he doesn't know how people survive because he said the rent is the same price in Dublin and Lisbon, but the wages are 250 euro a week. And he says, I don't know how people, how people live in that. So, like, it's just, it's a very, restaurants are not an easy game. And I always think that if I, if I was charged 90 cent for cream, but I had a very nice experience. It wouldn't bother me. But if I went into a cafe and it was not clean and things were, and the, the, I didn't have good service and then I was charged 20 cent, then I wouldn't be happy. So I always think it's the experience that you're paying for, not just the food. And then you have to see it in, in context. So to the people who have been sending in screen grabs and receipts and their own quotes here to me since I mentioned your, your piece yesterday morning and we chatted with Paul Trevo who we chatted with because I know Paul better and I've been in his restaurant more often say that I've been in yours and and like you say to people is it insulting to be sending me in Look, those prices? I, I don't I, insulting is a very strong word I think it's that you've got to like pull back a little and have and have a dialogue because we're not, sometimes we're not very good at talking about food in Ireland. Like and whether that's because of the famine or colonization or a whole host of other things. And we only have this recent in the last 20 or 30 years, this restaurant culture or cafe culture that has emerged. And I think I, I would always say no more than I'm doing with you. I mean, restaurateurs should be able to talk to their customers. So if you feel that this has been charged too much, I think a restaurateur should be able to say, this is why I'm charging you that. And also, we cannot um, uh, knock restaurants for making a profit only because that is the system that mm. we are in. I mean, every business has to make a profit or it doesn't stay um, afloat. And as much as my accountant gives out to me, 
for spending too much money on premium products and saying you have to buy cheaper ones. And I go, well, I'm in the business of food, not in the business of making money. That's what I always say to them. And I'm not saying that's the, that's the philosophy of every restaurant tour, mm-hmm. but I think you can see when you walk into an establishment and if you think these guys are in the business of food, or if you think, do you know what, these guys are in the business to make a quick buck and a lot of money, then I think then you make your own decisions, you know. Give us the name of your places just so people travelling to that part of the world might come and say hello. We have uh, Cava Bodega, which is a casual tapas bar, and then we have Anir, which is a Michelin star restaurant, which is not cheap. <laughs> so just well, well when you say uh, a Michelin star, to be fair, to be fair, JP, uh, naive and all as I might be, I certainly wouldn't sit in a Michelin star and expect to pay a tenner for my steak. I certainly wouldn't. No, well, look, we have look. Even I know in the context, and I always say it to my customers: we use the same produce in Cava and in Anir, and you'll pay twice as much in Anir. And the reason for that. It's because I have twice as many staff. So I have four chefs that can feed 200 people in Cava and I have eight chefs that can feed 30 people in Anir. And I say, that's why it's more expensive. You're paying for the labor. And if you don't need to pay for the labor, then I don't know. I always say to people, get a takeaway. And, and be happy. Like, I love all food. So I'm never one to say that it, it needs to be well, expensive. Th- there's also context. And I, only last week or the week before, JP, you'll enjoy this. I was talking to, to Sarah Lucy and she works for a chain of restaurants and nightclubs in Miami. And they deal with a lot of top-end celebs as their clientele. And she was telling me about a steak. The steak is a thousand dollars, and the baked spud that goes next to it is one hundred and twenty dollars, and they go through yeah. about seventy or eighty of them a night. So we're we're kind of doing all right here, to be fair. And I again, I would I would say that's borderline daft, and so I even have my limit when when someone wraps a steak in gold and says that seven hundred is pound sterling, I'd say, well, they can have it. I I, I love food, but I ain't paying for something wrapped in gold. JP, pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Enjoyed that conversation. That's JP, Mc, JP McMahon, restaurateur and chef. So, 90 cents for a scoop. And I know I'm pulling that headline out of it now. That's what I do. 90 cents for a scoop of cream, he reckons. Think about how much work and effort and energy and cost went into giving you that scoop of cream. And don't be thinking, I can go to Super Value. I can get a pint of cream, I can whip it up, and I get a lot of scoops out of it. Don't be thinking for a second that that's the profit margin he's making on the cream. Or anything like it. 0818969696. So, now the floor is open to you again. Do you still stand over the idea that we're being ripped off? Kate says there should be a place that markets itself on basic good service and it would be packed. People often don't go eating when they go out because they're afraid of a big shock with the bill. Rip off Ireland. We're being robbed. 3.20 for a pot of tea in Costa, says Bernie. Turkey and ham, 13.50 in East Avenue, Killarney. Uh, that's very good value, I have to say. Between 18 and 19 in restaurants in Bandon. I'm sure if you ask staff in the restaurants if their wages have gone up, well, there's the thing. I'm sure maybe they haven't. Went out for breakfast in Mahon Point, with my two-year-old daughter, I asked for a kid's egg and toast. was asked how many eggs. I said one egg and one slice of toast. They charged me seven fifty. That's six euro for an egg, says Brenda. Hi, PJ. Are you happy to pay over a fiver for a pint when you can buy a can for a euro? No, I'm not. Um, in fact, getting a pint for under six quid in the city now is, is a rarity. 
I don't hate the price of the pint right now. I absolutely do. Um, the, the price you won't get a can for a, a euro anymore either because of this minimum pricing crack. It boils me when I hear restaurant owners complain about minimum wage rises. Everyone else wants a pay rise. Yeah, well, yeah, everyone needs a pay rise. It's called the real world, says Kevin. People going into a restaurant should look at the menus. If it's too expensive, then leave, says Kieran. Having listened to JP, and we will podcast it later, his justification, and stick with the 90 cents scoop of cream, right? His justification for the scoop of cream was the cream had to be whipped. That took energy. It had to be brought to your table. That took work. It had to be brought back and your plate cleaned. That took more work, more energy. So he said, and, and he had to make a profit margin on top of it. So 90 cents for a scoop of cream. He would think that that's not unreasonable in 2023, given everything we're dealing with. You guys ready? Watch out, watch out. Drive home weekdays from four on Cork's 96 FM. The one second song, it's been wrecking heads all over Cork for weeks now. It's frustrating, it's doing my head in, it's infuriating, <laughs> and someone needs to put a stop to it. Does this song even exist? <laughs> Tune into the big drive home for your chance to play every weekday from four. The big drive home with Nyan Motors, your number one for Kia in Cork. Cork's 96 FM. Come back to that meeting yesterday of the Retail Forum. This is where the minister responsible for retail, Neil Richmond, called in all of the various, and I hate the word, stakeholders in retail to discuss the price of your grocery basket and mine. And they had, according to the journal.ie, they had an open and frank discussion. Now, someone told me a long time ago, in my early days covering politics, if ever... They tell you there was an open and frank discussion. It means there may well have been some Fs thrown across the room. That's generally what it means. Afterwards, Minister Richmond said he had received assurances from retailers that where reductions in input costs filter through, consumers will benefit. The CCPC, the protection people, the consumer protection people, has also warned against price controls, which are available to the government under Section 62 of the Consumer Protection Act 2007, but the warning is not to do it. Uh, Leo Varadkar has told his parliamentary party prices must come down. They did abandon the idea to to do price controls in Spain because of the knockback effect it would have on other retailers and and, and suppliers and all of that. In Greece, they are doing it. Different places, I guess. But... A lot of people saying yesterday's meeting was really just a smokescreen to make it look like they're doing something. The price of bread has come down by 10 cents. Cost of milk went down last week. Dennis O'Callaghan is from the Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association. We've talked many times, Dennis, about this and costs in the system and everything else besides. Did you think anything was going to come out of that meeting yesterday? Good morning. Good morning, PJ, and thanks for having me on. Uh, Of course not. To me, yesterday was about ticking a box because when you think about it, right, yesterday was about bringing retailers in and questioning them. But would you not think it fair that everyone in the circle should be at the table in the sense of definitely the primary producer? um, um, uh, uh, And that's where I think the CPC 
really has lost it because I have gone to the CPC uh, in 2017. In their own words, I brought them a piece of, of, for, some, for a case that, at, that they were missing. From that day to this, they have never dealt with it. So, and, the, and the last response I got from them was that they were having difficulty getting past a civil servant upstairs. Now, that was, to me, that was ridiculous, right? And going back to... Who, who should have been at that meeting yesterday? Well, in my opinion, right, we should have... The, the, obviously, the regulators, um, CPC, um, definitely have to be there, of course. Uh, the retailers themselves, uh, but most definitely the primary producer. Primary. Because, because, the primary, because you'd have to be a fool sitting at the table to say to yourself, uh, just as you've read out there, um, a scoop of cream, 90 cents. There's farmers today, uh, in the last couple of weeks, have experienced, in the last couple of months rather, have experienced uh, losses, uh, whereby, uh, as we're talking today, an average family farm is losing anything up to 700 a day. A, a day, day against what, A day against what they had this time last year. Now, how, how come? Look, how come? Well, milk has dropped. Like, milk is down to 40 cents and 45. They tell me in the coming weeks we're down to 35. Now, again, look... Is that per churn, per litre, per what? Per litre. Okay. Uh, 45 per litre. Um, look, again, we were cattle and beef and so forth, but we have a lot of dairy people coming to us now with these stories because they're, they're getting no response from the mainstream uh, organisation uh, that's out there. And um, look, I worked in retail, my, or in the retail sector um, for the best part of 40 years. And there's a very simple way of, of describing what they do. And it's this. They've, well, we were under the illusion that they've made a fortune out of, out of meat and vegetables and milk and bread and all that. Mm. Uh, in actual fact, they wouldn't. But what they've done is they've used this as a doormat. Uh, it, it's what I call it, but we put it another way. They've, they've teased people in with the prices, 40% of that, 30% of this, right? But before you know it, there's a feel-good factor inside in the shop. You're saying, oh, well, look, I got the shopping done for so much today. Yeah. And they yeah. see something on a shelf. And I'll give you an example. That's the science a of pack of the razor blades yeah. that cost the euro in China, 10 euros or 9.99. And that's where these people make their profits. Now, in the last couple of years... The basics have creeped up, right, in price. The, 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 the products that they're selling where they really make the money, because there's less disposable income, they've been losing their big time. There's people just having the money to go to buy this, this thing. And they've, in the last number of months, I'm told, gone back to processors and said to the milk people and the bread people and all this, that this is what you get for your bread because we have to make profit on the products that we sell. And that's, this is what's happening. But do you not find it extraordinary? That last week we had, an, uh, when they came out and said milk was dropping, they all dropped the price together the following morning. Now, come here, the same thing with the bread today. Well, I if mean, one goes, they'll all go. That, that's yeah, just but, how it but, goes. Yeah, but hold on. They never all go together. They never all go together. No, they one might, will always lead. Which within a day. They might follow suit within a day or even in, in the wrong... Well, if they all go together, they're operating they're the cartel. Yes. And now you put your finger on it. That's exactly which what they can, It's illegal for them all to go together. But they can follow each other quite legally. But you see, these people, PJ, have got to a point where they really think they're above the law. And I, I, haven't had, I haven't had meetings with these people, and I've been told in uncertain terms what they're capable of. But, That's but a fact. Think, think, Dennis, about, and I appreciate the, the, the milk and the meat, like mm. somewhere between your member's farm where the meat is sold, the, the beast is sold, to the shelf in the supermarket where I buy it for my dinner. There's a few players in that, in, in that road and everyone has to take their, their slice and I fully appreciate that. Um, but, but you're saying that like, the bread has gone down now, the milk went down last week. 
year prices for the milk at year point in the chain is also gone down. It's gone down, yes, exactly. The milk has gone back. Look, as I said, there's people this time last year were getting 60 and 65 cents a litre for their milk. Now they're down to they're 45 maybe, close even 40, some of them. It all depends on what kind of a farm you have and so forth, right? And maybe how good you're at your job. So gone from 60 um, cents to 40 cents. That's down a yeah. third. Yes. Now, can I put it to you this way? If there was any other walk of life out there at the moment or any other sector that was down a third of their wages, where do you think we'd be, what, what do you think we'd be talking about this morning? We'd be talking about people out in the streets uh, roaring and shouting because they can't survive. Yes, people on family farms who are really struggling to try to keep the family farm as we know it, right? We have a huge amount of pressure on people to go into commercial farming where you feed with four and 500 cows. But if we want to keep rural Ireland alive, we need to keep rural uh, farms alive with them. But how can, how can you survive uh, on something uh, that where, at the moment, the, the cost of a litre of milk to, to produce it is running at close on 40 cents? So anything less than 40 cents, you're losing money. Right. So your, your, your profit has been wiped. Their profits going for this year are, are, are already wiped. And when you hear of a scoop of cream for 90 cents, and, we, and I can give you, or, or, or some other farmer can give you a litre of whole milk for 40 cents. Now, come here, like. Yes. I mean, like, it's crazy. It's the same. You spoke there about having uh, your lunch um, on your, while you're on your holidays for 15 euros, and it costs you maybe 30 or 35 here. Of course, there's, uh, there's, there's people in the middle. But you can nearly take it apart and see what is it. Uh, obviously, and I will admit... But straight away, they'll blame the wages. But there is a minimum wage. No, now, the wages, really. forget... No, yeah, but don't look, the wages, believe you me... You go into any restaurant, you ask any young fella going around with, 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 as a waiter or a girl, what they're getting. Minimum wage. And to, you know, you'll say, Jesus, you're in your own mind, you nearly have it in the door. Do you know that kind of way? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy, wage. like. Yeah. For, even at minimum wage, because they don't get, right, they don't, like, they don't get the full week as we see. They get a few hours in the evening, a few hours in the morning, and, they're key, and there's no contract. They keep switching them and switching them, so there's nothing solid about what they have. In any shape you're right. There's very few people in the, in the restaurant trade, Dennis, working a full 39-hour week, even if it is the minimum wage. Very few. No, there's another side of this. That, and I have been taught this by, by retailers. And when I say retailers, I, I, I say franchisees to a lot of the, 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 the top retailers out there, uh, the chain groups, we call it, right? And they have come to me and told me, um, uh, because of, of uh, their links and the contracts they have with these people, that they cannot go down to the, the, the warehouse and collect their product and bring it back to their shop. If they deal with them, they have to allow them to deliver it. And they're charged a huge amount to get their product delivered. It's absolutely crazy what they're charged to get the product delivered to their door. Uh, they have to sell about 95% of what they sell in the shop in accordance to what the, the chain group will sell them. Uh, I have guys telling me that on a Friday night, because they know there'll be nobody around, they might pull out drinks, they might or in the signs of soft drinks, maybe chocolates, maybe stuff that they bought. And one guy told me that the profit he'll make out of that, the only thing it does is it helps to pay the staff at the weekend. Yeah. Because if he was to stay 100% within the, the, the group, he couldn't... He, so he couldn't if, if the farmer isn't making money, then sorry to cut the question, but I'm a bit soaked with time. Yeah. So if you're not making money at the farm gate, right, and the restaurant says it's not making money, who is yeah. Well, and I'll leave you with this. Uh, we have organisations in this country, uh, food chain or uh, groups, who actually have people employed on a daily basis to invest the profits they're making. Now, it's like, you know, we, in Anya Lawler on Sunday night, she made a comment that the English supermarkets look on Ireland as Treasure Ireland. 
and I spoke to the CPC in England, and they tell me the same thing. They can't understand the profits that are being made in Ireland. They just can't but understand. Tesco don't reveal people. theirs. By the best, Tesco don't reveal theirs for but, Ireland. Uh, well, don't ask me how the CPC... The CPC were very anxious to speak to me about Tesco in this country. Very anxious because of what well, I be had. Be careful I don't say anything that will get us in trouble. No, 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 no. All, no. All, all that we do know is that they don't yeah, reveal their profits for but, like, but, uh, but what I'm saying to you is this, that, look, as we, there's people as we are sitting here this morning wondering will they be able to put a, a dinner on the, on the table this evening. It's, that's factual. We and know there are that. people producing quality products at the farm gate. At the farm gate. Right. And the other people at the end of the scale are investing their millions tonight. Right. I mean, what's wrong? What's wrong, PJ? Something's what's wrong. What's wrong is our governance is wrong. Our CPCs are not working. Uh, um, there's no doubt about it that uh, we need big change and we need it fast. All right. I'm going to leave it there, Dennis, for no reason other than time. Always a pleasure to speak with you. Dennis O'Callaghan of the Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association. Join the conversation. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Quartz 96 FM. The lines are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Fox 96 FM. Noel, you'll be next on the radio there in a couple of seconds, but I guess the world has gone mad in terms of people spending money anyway. Regardless of the cost of things, there's a book, a book that isn't even written yet, a book that doesn't even have a name yet, a book that we don't even know is going to come out yet, is currently selling on Amazon and rocketing to the top of the Amazon charts at 66 US dollars or 45 US dollars per copy. Book isn't even written yet. Book might not even get written. Book doesn't even have a title yet. It's called Untitled Flatiron Nonfiction Summer 2023. <laughs> but they think it's been written by Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift fans think she has written a book because they think she's been dropping clues to them that she will have written a book. So just thinking that Taylor Swift, biggest pop star in the world, or one of them, might have written a book. They're running out to buy a book that hasn't even been written for 45 bucks a pop. <laughs> oh, the world has gone off its rocker entirely. We're still getting messages in about people and the price they're paying for, for simple things. 340 for a cup of tea on the train to Dublin, says Valerie. It was much needed and the server was lovely, but 340 for a cup of tea. John says, does the person whipping... JP's 90 cents scoop of cream do they have a degree in the whipping of cream I was in town at my son on Monday got two ice creams one scoop each nine quid says Maria Noel now don't name any place because they're probably all at it anyway but I wouldn't like to impugn anybody's reputation but you were in Castle Martyr good morning yes yes I'm in Castle Martyr yeah, but I was in the, uh, the town in, in North Cork and I was having, I was out there ordering a mini grill, and uh, it was nice now, like, and there was one slice of toast and an old pot of tea. And with the half a cup of tea left with my mini grill, I was in the mood for another slice of toast. So I asked, could I have another slice of toast? Yeah. And she had a grind, so I got it, and, uh, and I was after getting a text from a friend that I needed to 
to try and so and I was doing that while I was paying it. But as I was walking up the street, I noticed that there was an extra euro on the thing, like and first of all, the slice. Of course. Oh. I'm telling you PJ, I was talking to that lady on on the radio there or whatever and I put out the challenge. If anyone can bet up that Oh, well, well, we we we've already bettered that, Noel. You're you're doing yeah. you're doing well on the cost of that slice of toast because I've got a, a receipt in front of me where the person was charged one fifty for a slice of toast. Oh, jeez. And that was I thinking that, that you were going to throw me out. But the uh, best no, of it is you, you I, saw the owner, and again, we're not going to name the cafe. You saw the owner coming in. Oh yes, I saw the owner coming in when I was halfway through the mini grill with five. Sliced white pens of central loaves. Now I reckon that's a, they're about one fifty each. So there's about sixteen slices in each loaf. So that's sixteen euro. <laughs> that's well, a nice, it, a nice it, little it, markup, isn't it? Well, I tell you one thing. I thought I was being toasted, but then I I reckon I was roasted. But <laughs> I tell you, I tell you, PJ, I was putting out the challenge, and I thought that if I was going to win the challenge by twelve o'clock today, that you might throw me out a meal voucher. Yeah, so for the metropole, I'm maybe the imperial hotel, right? Because we all just talk about food. I tell you, I'm famished. <laughs> Noel, go on, out of that. Unfortunately, you are way down the pecking order when it comes to the cost of a slice of toast because one euro... Now, this is what Noel says happened. He's sitting having his mini grill, which was very tasty, and he was finishing his tea and he asked for another slice of toast and they brought it down to him and they put a euro on the bill for the extra slice of toast and almost as he was standing up to pay what's he see under the owner of the cafe coming in with a half a dozen loaves of centra sliced bread which uh, what is it is it at the most it is it's two euro uh, and and 15 or 16 slices in each one uh, okay you wouldn't eat the two heels although i would i love the heel of the toast i There'd be rows in Coogan Towers if the heels are eaten before Dad gets his hands on them. But anyway, yeah, so unfortunately Noel hasn't... He, in fact, Noel's getting a bargain there uh, at one euro per per slice of toast. I, I come back to this. I will come back to this. And, and to JP's 90 cent scoop of cream, um, which he can justify. He justifies it because he said there's labour, there's labour in whipping it, there's labour in serving it and there's labour in cleaning up after it and there's also energy in whipping it and energy in keeping it fresh and energy in everything else. So, uh, we'll come back to that. 0818 96, 96, 96. But let us turn our attention back to Balancholic where people down there are up in arms and have been for quite some time over the closure of the local fire station back in 2021. Now, we've had it explained to us as to why the fire station is closed. It's because there are no firefighters in the area. It was full of retained firefighters. These are people who were on call. They got full-time jobs as full-time firefighters in the city, but they haven't been replaced in Balancholic, and therefore Balancholic is down on fire station. And there is industrial action ongoing at the moment, and there are invitations to the WRC and all of these things. But a campaign has now begun locally to try to get the fire station open again. Joined by Max McKenna, who runs the Balancholic Community Hub. To have, and I've driven past it, Mags, to have such a fine facility locked up and closed up, in, in a town the size of Balancholic. It's not right, is it? Morning. 
morning PJ no it's not right and you know I've done darkness into light there seven times now and the route you walk past the fire station you know and I walked past that fire station there Saturday night and it was dark there was no lights on the trucks were inside there and before the lads were outside the flashing lights were outside there they were there to greet us and it just, you know, it was very sad and it was very depressing. And it was kind of scary, too, to think, you know, like that. There's nobody minding us out here, like, you know, that kind of way. And that's mm. the way I look at the firefighters. They mind us, you know, that kind of way, like between river rescues or cardiac, you know. I mean, we had a cardiac service out here when we had the full-time crew there. And if someone's having a cardiac arrest, should the fire the fire crew will let down to them in less than three minutes, you mm. know. It's just a big loss, PJ, and it's like I'm I'm out there in the Ballon community, Ballon College Community Hub, and um, I've been sharing the Cork City Council posts for the retained crew since October of 2020. Yeah. Okay. Now we were in the county in we went into the city in 2019. Yeah. And I was in a group back then as well on the city county boundary and we were promised when we went into the city that we'd have an equal to or a better service out here in Ballancolic. Mm -hmm. It's 2023, not 2019. Our population has increased out here. With Ballancolic, you're talking about 20,000 now or more in Ballancolic, right? Add on then your Aherlas, your Colomnies and your Mm -hmm. ovens. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, like it's 2023. And And the fire station is closed. Closed. It's just sitting there and it's, you know, I mean, they could be calling into schools, just a presence in the village, the trucks around the place. Mm. We, You know, what about a river rescue? I mean, you know, fires we have. It's just... Yeah. Now, like, the chief executive, Anne Doherty, was in here with me last week and we had quite a lengthy conversation and I brought up the situation in Ballancolic and her explanation, such as it is, was that, and I said it there, but I brought you in, the, the retained staff, the part-timers, as it were, they were all, they've all become permanent firefighters now attached to the city, and it's, which is fine for them. But it's proving very difficult to replace them with new retained fire service workers in Balancholic, which has led to calls for, well, to hell with that, so take on permanent staff. But this is the point, PJ. The retained idea isn't working. As I said to you, I'm sharing those Cork City Council posts since October of 2020. I've had people come onto the group and they've said that they went for Zoom interviews and they've heard nothing back. I don't know. I don't. I, I mean, I can't speak for them. I don't know how many people have went for the interviews. You should get some of them on and maybe ask them what format. I don't know. Look, October 2020. They're, they're trying to retain since and it's just not working. The full-time crew when we had them out here, now no disrespect to the retained lads because they're brilliant as well and it's not a competition. It, this is not a competition. No, but if when you're trying to staff a hear, station, Mags, well, and you well, can't get exactly, retained people, you look at full-time staff, I would have thought. You do, absolutely. And the thing is, like when we had the retainers out here, you're talking maybe seven to eight minutes when a call comes out of base. When we had the full-time crew here, you're talking less than a minute during the day, less than two minutes at night time. And now our Anglestry Street lads are getting out here in like 10 to 12 minutes. I mean, I was never good at maths, like, but do you know what I mean? It doesn't really take a rocket scientist to figure out what's needed there when you're looking at numbers and populations. Mm-hmm. This is the thing. We're a city. We were, we were, in, we were brought into the city boundary extension. Cork City Council like to say they inherited us. Well, 
the population is growing. You yeah. know, we need to be looked after out here yeah. and we need a full-time crew. You were told, and I remember it very well, Mags, you were told when you came from the county into the city, you'd have the same or better. Exactly. And you don't. And we have nothing. 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 You know, absolutely nothing. So, look, I, I just don't know, PJ. It's very sad to see our firefighters inside there in industrial action. And in fairness, Kieran McCarthy there, a lad from Balancholic, um, myself and Kieran raised this issue back in eight, on the 18th of November 2021 when we lost the crew. So we've kind of been sitting back watching it quietly and, you know, listening to things and there's just nothing happening. Kieran's on the other line. Hold, hold on there for me, Mags. I'll, I'll bring Kieran in you. at Thank this you. point. Stay there for me. Kieran, a lot of toing and froing, WRC involved, but nothing seems to be happening yet. Morning. Morning, PJ. Uh, morning, Mags. Uh, see you at the protest tomorrow, Mags. Um, yeah, look, I reiterate everything that, that Mags mentioned. And you're right, PJ, the WRC uh, scenario isn't working and it's not working because of a lack of good faith on the part of the, the council. Have there been, um, had there even been a meeting yet? Um, they, they, the, they had, there has been, to my understanding, and the, um, the recommendation from the WRC some time ago was that this should have been fixed uh, by Q1 2023, which is where we are now, and it's obviously not fixed. Did they say go- how they might fix it? Um, they didn't. Um, the only way to, to, I mean, to to to, to follow on from Mike's point, the only way is to is to supply uh, full time or to recruit full time firefighters. Um, I mean, on the issue of the retained firefighters, I was just listening to your comments there and to your program earlier, PJ, in regards to the cost of living. And to be, and these things are linked. And to be fair to the the firefighters, they say this is not about money. You know, they, that's not what they are. These are the guys who got to, you know, put on a base set and walk into Douglas um, yeah. uh, car park with us on fire. Uh, you and your your family Could- without asking. But the issue with the retained firefighting, it's not working. And the reason it's not working is because this is what they're offering: uh, twelve grand a year. You must live within two kilometres of the station in Ballincollig. Okay, so the rent in Ballincollig, it's, um, it's, it's, it's well north of 1500 a, um, a month. Uh, we're talking about the cost of living crisis. Uh, we've almost full employment. So, I mean, are you going to employ one of these lads to carry a, a beeper and, and leave at a minute's notice to go down to the, the fire brigade? It just can't possibly work. I mean, this, this scenario mm. cannot work. It's, it's, it's you know, and they're, they're trying... Uh, apparently, the, the, the campaign that kicked off in 2019 resulted in um, zero um, appointments. Uh, and what did they do? They're going to go for the exact same thing again. So, I mean, it's, it's madness. It's a definition of madness. Yeah. Full-time salary of a firefighter is around 39000 That's the salary for a full-time permanent yeah. firefighter. Now, I'm assuming yeah. that if you a senior level, it's higher than that. Yeah. And then at entry level, it's probably a bit lower than that. But 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 you need what your the general feeling on the ground coming out of Bannon College seems to be look we need a full time a full time staff down there there is a protest tomorrow half past six tell me about it yes um, um, there is uh, yeah oh, Mike, you, you you go in there you are organising it. Oh, sorry, thank you, Kieran. Um, look, basically, yeah, I we just we've had enough. We've seen the lads run industrial action there last week, and 
we've a couple of incidents there now recently as well in our own village. So the community, we're going to come together. We want our voices heard. Outside the fire station here in Balancholic at Friday, on Friday, sorry, at 6.30 p.m., um, we're just going to have a demonstration outside and we're going to go forward from there. Um, it's the start of something here out here. We want that station manned. You know, and yeah, just calling on the people of Balancholic you know, to pop away out there six thirty on Friday, bring your banners and you know. Do you know what nobody wants? And, and I'm not scaremongering and I'm not I don't want to frighten people or, or be accused of anything like that, Kieran or Mags, either one of you take this mm. question. I do not want to be sitting here on a Friday morning talking about a tragic fire, house fire, or any kind of a fire. River in Balancholic River Rescue weekend. even, yeah. I don't yeah, want that. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. No, no, and, no. and where and where a city fire engine had to drive past an empty fire station to get you? Absolutely, it's, it's, it's a horror Shocking. situation. And I, mm. I mean, we're looking at what is it? Another two schools have been built in Balancholic in recent years. Uh, I know the Kayla has moved recently. There's a new Wales school. Balancholic is, is a massive uh, metropolis now. Uh, we're we're post. I mean, the the retained firefighter um, situation was fine when we had 2,000 people in a village. Uh, as Mag said, we're, 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 we're north of 20 now. Yeah. We will be at 30 soon. Um, Retained firefighters, un- it's unsustainable for a place the size it of Ballon College. Ab- it is absolutely. Okay, okay. So half six tomorrow is the protest in, in Ballon College. We'll be on top of this. The news are going to cover it tomorrow. We'll cover it uh, um, as, as needs be over the weekend and into Monday. But we're going to stay with this one because the logic of it, I'm just we're supposed to be neutral in these things, but neutral me arse sometimes. Like, Baron Colleague, if there's a serious house fire in Baron and they're probably sitting inside in City Hall going, what is he talking about? I don't care. If there's a serious house fire in Baron this weekend, and a fire engine from the city has to drive out past an empty fire station, there's something wrong with that, isn't there? An empty, fully equipped fire station, locked up, closed up, shut down, because there's no staff. And the city fire service has to go out there. I wouldn't be, if I was a, if I was a resident of Ballincollig, if I was paying my property taxes as a resident of Ballincollig, or a business owner in Ballincollig, or as Kieran was saying there, a school principal in Ballincollig, wouldn't be happy with that. Wouldn't be happy with that at all. 0818 96 96 96. We'll stay in touch with this one. Join the conversation. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. This is the Opinion Live with PJ Coogan. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Another big problem is the NCT. There's so many there's so many things in Ireland wrong at the moment. No fire station in Ballincollig. Ninety cents for the scoop of cream and a bit of apple tart. 
And the NCT has a colossal backlog. 375,000 vehicles now overdue for their NCT, according to the most recent figures. There was a motion passed unanimously at Cork County Council uh, at its most recent meeting. It was proposed by an independent councillor, John Healy, where he said, he asked the council to write to the minister, Eamon Ryan, to suggest or to tell the NCT that every vehicle should get a two-year NCT cert until such time as the backlog is lowered. It's every year now for a car of 10 years or older. Has to have it done every year. And Councillor Healy is suggesting that if, for a period of time, you gave everybody a two-year cert, that that would cut the backlog and cut it quickly. It seems to make sense. You wonder, does it? Liam Cotter of Liam Cotter and Associates is an assessor and a loss adjuster and a man of much experience yourself, Liam, in dealing with the NCT uh, over the years. Your thoughts? Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Um, I, I, of all of the of all of the proposals that we've heard lately about how to solve this particular problem, this is by far the best one. Um, I was having a conversation with some colleagues a couple of weeks ago and we were discussing this exact point, in fact. And this is absolutely a fabulous idea. And I think that the only hope you have um, of resolving the, the waiting list, I mean, the, 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 the hugely uh, significant waiting list, is uh, to implement this proposal. Uh, in fact, it's, it's 24 months for almost every other country in Europe, we're actually an outlier in, our, in Ireland by having this 10-year rule that you switch over to one year after 10 years after yeah. a vehicle passes its 10th birthday. So in actual fact, we'd be doing, by, by making this change, um, we, we would actually uh, be just real, uh, realigning with what they do in Europe. Uh, in France and Germany, for instance, it's a 24-hour, 24-month um, test irrespective of the age of the car. So it's not that a dramatic proposal uh, when you look at what they're doing in other countries in Europe. There's another idea that came in to me a couple of weeks ago, Liam, when we were discussing this, and supposing my NCT due date was January, okay, and the best appointment I can get is the end of this month, my NCT cert, assuming I pass, still runs out again in January. That'd be another idea. To 12 months from the date you pass. Yes, uh, very often uh, people's cars pass a test and then have only seven months to run on the new test. Uh, that's the, the, the net effect of what's happening. I mean, let me put this into perspective. I mean, back when the NCT was introduced in 2000, the national car fleet at that point was approximately 1.3 million cars. It is now 2.5 million cars. It's the, the, the national car fleet has therefore increased in the last 23 years uh, approximately by over a million cars. Now, where the 10-year rule might have sounded, mightn't have been a problem back then, it's a problem now. Mm. Um, and and, and, and it, it should be said it's complicated by the fact that the NCT are having major staff issues. Uh, and that's probably part of the reason why uh, the backlog is so, is so huge. Um, so I, I, my own personal view is that that um, that 
this is something that could be implemented immediately. Um, we're doing nothing different than they do in France and Germany, for instance. Right. Um, okay, in the UK, the MOT is still only uh, uh, 12 months um, across the board after three years. So, uh, it, again, it's slightly different. Um, but but in, in Europe, certainly, it's 24 months across the board. And mm. Ireland are on their own with this 10-year rule. You mentioned the MOT, Liam, but would I be right in, in thinking that if my car in the UK requires an MOT, I can go to my main dealer and have it done there? I don't have to queue up outside some other and that company. Brings me, that brings me to my second point very neatly, PJ. Um, I've always said that having one company run the NCT is a bad idea. Um, there's a whole motor trade there. Um, many of whom are willing to get involved in car testing. Um, they have the resources, they have the facilities, and are perfectly happy. Let, let me give you one example. Um, I'm sure your listeners haven't heard too much about the CBRT system, which is the system that they use for testing commercial vehicles in this country. Explain is there what any it is. Controversy, is there any controversy with that system? Do you ever hear anything about it? And every single one of those tests are done by pri- private garages, private commercial garages for the RSA. The CVRT is, is it not, it is the, if you want, the commercial vehicle equivalent of the exactly. NCT. So my little exactly. van for my plumbing business or my carpentry business or whatever I have, I bring it down to the main dealer. They do it for me once a year. Away you go. Correct. And, and every single company in that system is similar to the MOT. Your local truck garage, they carry out the CVRT testing. There's there's no problem with delays. There's no problem with with backlogs. And and the the system runs away quietly without any any controversy. Part of the problem here is that I I I believe... No, contracts are agreed and, and in place at the moment, so you could make those changes immediately. But I think the next 10-year phase of the NCT, I think that the contract should be put out not only to a single company like uh, like uh, a plus uh, who run the current system, but the people in the motor trade should be allowed to tender for NCT work. Uh, and I think that would uh, help with the backlog issue because uh, you're then bringing in a whole string of, of new infrastructure um, and resources uh, to, 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 to keep the testing uh, of, of motor vehicles um, on an even keel. Uh, it's complicated by the fact that they can't get staff. I mean, I heard a crazy idea a couple of months ago. In fact, I saw a copy of a letter from a government minister to the RSA proposing that they dumb down the standard of qualification for testers so they could bring other people into the testing regime. Absolutely crazy. And, and of course, the staff in the NCT quite rightly uh, were up in arms over it. Now that I have you, Liam, we we discussed that on on the programme, and I remember SIPTU being unhappy about it. The explanation was that for the standard parts of the NCT that don't necessarily require to have had an apprenticeship as a mechanic, the basic checks, that they could be done by someone with a lower level of training and the more complicated stuff could be done by the actual mechanic. No, as a layman, I don't see the problem. What is the problem? Well, look, it's, 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 the problem is that the, the, the qualified mechanic, and let me 
make point that I'm originally uh, a mechanic myself, okay. PJ. Um, but you have to have a mechanic having oversight over the entire process. It, it, it just that's the way it has to be, uh, and we don't have to go back very far, PJ. As you know, that if 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 a vehicle gets through the test inadvertently. Uh, it can cause all sorts indeed, of havoc and, and, and issues. So we don't need to go there. I think that's that yeah. that that case has this already. Is how you, this is how you and I got to know each other, uh, and people exactly. people can look it exactly. up. Like the original exactly. purpose of the NCT, Liam, was to keep bangers and rust buckets off the road. And you know, you just know the pushback from Eamon Ryan's office here will be, well, there's a threat to roads road safety if we do this two year. Is he talking sense or nonsense? What I would say to that, PJ, is this. I mean, ask your listeners this question. Let them think about this. When is the last time they actually saw a banger on the road? The That's bangers true. are nearly gone. And the NCT, to be fair to it, has, has, is, has resulted in that all of, the, all of the bad cars are nearly gone from the system. Now, interestingly enough, the age of the fleet, the national car fleet of 2.5 million, has actually got older in recent years rather than uh, younger Back in 2000, the average age of, of, a, of, of, of a vehicle uh, was five years. It's now eight years. Um, and it, it was five years back in 2000 because of the success of the scrapping schemes um, where a lot of cars were replaced, uh, a lot of older cars were replaced. But my point about it, this, the test could easily go to two years because what has changed in the last 20 years is uh, the present day car is far more superior technically than it, than it, than they were back in 2000. So you have a much more sophisticated car, much safer car, uh, bristling with safety technology. That wasn't the case back in 2000. So in order to bring us into line uh, with Europe, I would submit um, that 10 year rule should be scrapped. It's a bit nonsensical, um, and to and and a 24 month test is the way to go. And that will substantially reduce the um, the, the waiting list. I, I, I think the staff issues is another issue, uh, but I think part of the solution to that is to open out the NCT contract to, to the wider motor trade as well. I'm not saying a company like Applause can't have or can't bid for the contract, but give 60% to them and maybe put the other 40% out to tender and let the motor trade well, uh, well, if you take if you take a decent sized town, Liam, where there's bound to be at least one decent garage, and the nearest NCT testing centre, the nearest Apples tester, is forty miles away, it's a no brainer. It is a no brainer, and 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 look, I mean the the MOT in the UK has been around a long time. It's not one big company running that entire show in the UK. It's thousands of independent motor traders providing that service to the state. And, uh, you know, there's no reason why you can't have at least part of the contract given to those people who are prepared to invest and who are prepared to uh, make um, this, uh, you know, testing uh, uh, Mm. facility available. Um, They should be allowed to bid the next time. Uh, And I think that's part of the solution. That should be part of the solution as well. Lastly and briefly, Liam, and in your experience of dealing with officialdom, and we shall leave it at that, this great idea, as you say, for members of Cork County Council, what are the chances of it actually happening? I, I think with a push it can happen. It makes almost 
uh, like total sense to do it because um, there isn't a hope, not a prayer, that this issue can be resolved. That huge backlog, will, that any dent would be put in it without bringing in, making some change. And I think this is a perfectly legitimate, intelligent um, proposal, and I think it should be pushed uh, and I think that change should come about. No right. question about it. Liam, a pleasure talking to you, as always. Thank you. It's been a while. Hope all is going well for you. That's Liam Cotter. Uh, 0818969696. If you've had an accident, if you need something done with your car, if you need someone to fight with a garage for you about your car, best in the game is Liam Cotter. And if he says that that's a good idea from Cork County Council... That's a good idea from Cork County Council. If you ring the NCT, you'll get a faster appointment. People booking online are all getting caught. This we know. Shouldn't be the case, though. PJ, you're acting as if we should be so shocked that this is Ireland now in 2023. They can't house people. They can't feed people. And now they can't keep people safe either by providing a fire brigade. I know. I should know better. I should. Well done to Mags and Kieran. We'll see them at the protest tomorrow. That's from a resident in Ballancolic. As a retired fire officer, I believe nothing will change for Ballancolic until there's a fatality. I'll be there tomorrow to support them. I'm passionate about this. I have my suspicions as to who that might be, but I won't use a name. Coming up after 11, we will hear from Jade. Jade has a story that will prove why you need the fire services in places like Ballancolic. Look forward to that after the 11 o'clock news. From the town that doesn't have a fire brigade to the town that doesn't seem to have any guards. At least you can't find one when you want one. Next. Cork loves the arts. We do too. That's why we bring you the Arts House. Every Sunday on Cork's 96FM. Hi, it's Elmarie. Join myself and Connor every Sunday morning to find out what's happening in the arts all over Cork. There's so much happening. Fantastic festivals with great events for all ages. And we'll tell you all about them. The Arts House. Sunday mornings, 8 to 10. With Griffin's Potatoes. Planted, picked and produced in Cork. Griffin's Potatoes. The great taste of home. Cork. 96 FM. Arlene Quinlan was writing in the Echo earlier this week about Clonakilty, a place I don't know very well, Arlene, but what I know of it, I like very much. But there never seems to be a guard around when you want one. Good morning. Good morning, QPJ. Um, a couple yeah. of incidents, and you were looking for a guard and none to be found. Well, it wasn't that there was none to be found. Um, I it was one day I was walking to a meeting in Clon and. It was in the afternoon and uh, this guy came down in the middle of the pavement riding very rapidly on an e-scooter. And this old lady had to flatten herself against the wall to get out of his way. Um, And then within a matter of seconds, it was just a very strange afternoon, I I saw a couple of teenagers tearing up the local park. And I just thought, look, I'll ring the guardie. And in fairness, my call was answered very quickly. Uh, they were very polite and courteous, but they explained to me that I'd have to be put through, a patch through, to guard a control before they could do anything. Um, so you rang the local station in Clon. I, yeah. I, I, I used to know the number off by heart once upon a time, but I don't anymore. You rang the local station in Clon and they told you? They basically explained that, very politely, um, that they'd have to patch me through to guard a control. 
despite the fact that there was somebody basically rampaging up and down the main street on an e-cycle on, pav- on the pavement and that there was teenagers really behaving, causing a certain amount of damage, to be honest, into the town park, that they couldn't do anything until I spoke to Garda Control. So I, I waited and Garda Control came on to me and I explained what was happening. And Garda and Control rang you from where? To be honest, it, it all happened so quickly. I they were, they, I asked if they were local or if they were where they were, and they said they weren't local. They didn't know Clonakilty, so I had to explain where I was oh, and what God. happened. And yeah, it was all time gone, and so I had to go through it quite a series of questions. Now I'd heard about this. I'd read about Gardy complaining about this procedure, but I, I had never actually experienced it in mm. action. No. Arlene, you're a journalist of many years standing. You would have gone into your news desk on many a day and your first job and the last job at the end of your shift was do the calls. Yeah, exactly. You'd yeah. never come across this? No. Um, you know, they, they basically, they, they, I had, we've all read the newspaper reports about Gardy saying that they can't attend the traffic accident outside their front door unless they go through control. But it didn't really hit me that hard until I realised that they were effectively unable to attend and you know a scene until they got the approval from Garda Control and until Garda Control went through a series of mandatory questions with me and determined where I was whereas a local guard could have been there in seconds yeah so, this is the most then, ridiculous thing I've ever heard in uh, my life yeah, I was stunned and um, I had to leave the scene because I was going to a meeting now, I don't know what those teenagers was, were doing at quarter three in the afternoon. They should have been at school. But by the time I got to the place where I had the meeting, the guards and son were back on to me again. Again, very polite, asking me if I was still at the scene, that they were, they'd been authorised to send a patrol car. You know, but by this stage, the teenagers had copped that I was phoning the guards because I heard them. And the e-cycle guy was presumably at the far end of the town. So I don't know how they got on. And I'd say it must be very frustrating for Gardy, you know. What, what happened to simple things like the phone rings in the station and the sergeant says, Charlie, will you ever go down there and tell yeah. them fellas to go home and behave themselves? Well, I've written um, uh, uh, my, my column this Saturday in the Evening Echo is a letter to the Garda Commissioner, Drew Harrison, just explaining how mystified I am and giving by this, I suppose, very bureaucratic protocol and giving some of the responses I received to my column because they re- the, the column received a tidal wave of responses because from all over, um, both from Clannacilty and beyond. And I had former Gardaí contacting contacting me, I had residents I had people who would come into contact with e-cycles on pavements there is a great deal of anger and frustration and people feel quite abandoned And people would be saying, oh the guards are doing nothing but the truth is that the guard can't come out without sanction from above he can't go across he can't go across the street Yeah, they basically, from what I can see they basically have to get permission from a colleague in another location before they can attend an incident. And I, I just, I think it's, and they were so polite. 
and I, I just think it must be extremely frustrating. And one of the people who contacted me about my column said that a lot of young people, now I won't say a lot of young people, but when he has tried to interact with a few guys engaging in antisocial behaviour, and he said they're extremely cocky because they know they'll be gone before they can be apprehended. They're very disrespectful um, and it, they kind of know this. They know this because of they're they the ones... They, yeah. they, know, they know their rights better than, the, better than you or I know ours. They do and they know there'll be a significant delay before Gardaí can attend the scene. But, you know, so... I, it's ridiculous. That's, it is, that's yeah. ridiculous. Aline, yeah. great piece. And it alerted me. I'm something I should have known, I assume, but it alerted me to that. That is utterly ridiculous. Thank you very much, Aline Quinlan. You can read her regularly in The Echo. So there's a thing. She's in Clonakilty for a meeting. She spots two incidents of antisocial behaviour. One is a fella going up and down a pavement on an e scooter. Don't get me started. The other is a bunch of teenagers doing damage. In, in the local park and there's a lovely local park in Clon and she thinks alright I'll ring the guards I'll phone this in <laughs> guards are there in the guard station ok uh, we can't do anything until it goes through control the guard station and the park there's not three minutes walking distance between them but they can do nothing without sanction from upstairs and if you wonder how we've lost our mind as a nation there's another example. At least we have the Premier League to fall back on. It's back on Saturday at 96mm.ie with Trevor Welsh, powered by Talk Sport. Two big games on Saturday. Leeds against Newcastle, 12.30. Man United against Wolves at 3. Premier League Live online with Harvey Norman, your home of the big screen. Listen Saturday on the Cork's 96FM app or go to 96FM.ie. On the NCT... Eugene says, instead of having the first NCT at four years, now I'm an engineer myself, I know this would be the least likely to cause accidents, modern cars at five years are very safe. It's better than giving an 11-year-old car a two-year cert. It's, it's another idea. And Liam Cotter agreed that this ridiculous notion that if your NCT was due in January and you can only get an appointment today... The idea that your cert dates back to January, that needs to be done away with as well. But the idea that the County Council had passed it unanimously to write to Eamon Ryan and say, please let the NCT cert last for two years for everybody, for a while at least. Liam Cotter says, yeah, great idea. Let's make it happen. Friday 26th is Jersey Day. Whatever sport you support, grab that jersey and stick it on for Radiothon. The Giving for Living Radiothon. Supporting Cork Cancer Services. May 25th to 27th. You make me feel... Get together with family, friends, colleagues or classmates and wear your favourite jersey to raise funds for Cork Cancer Services. See 96fm.ie for more. 96fm.ie for more. The Giving for Living Radiothon. Supporting Cork Cancer Services. May 25th. 25th to 27th. You name, you name feel. Only on Cork's 96 FM. The minds are live. Hello.
Join the conversation. Call 0818 969696. Text or WhatsApp 0833 396 996. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the opinion line with PJ Coogan. Call 96fm. I have oodles of stuff to get back to, and I get back to as much of it as I possibly can. It's a busy, busy morning. Couple of stories, though, we haven't touched on. Did you see this overnight? If you have any thoughts on Mr. Trump and his latest exploits after he was found in a civil court case of having sexually assaulted this woman a number of years ago. It's not a criminal case. He doesn't have any criminal trial facing him. But civilly, the court judged he had sexually assaulted her and he had to pay her hefty compensation. He's denying everything. He's denying he knew her. He's denying he was at a one of these town hall meetings last night as he starts his campaign to get re-elected to the White House in 2024. He's very likely to get the Republican nomination. It, it almost looked like a slam dunk for him to get that even now. Even with this hanging over him. But last night he was doing one of these um, town halls scored on CNN and he was asked, as he would be, he was asked about this incident. I met her in the front door of Bergdorf Goodman. I was immediately attracted to her. And she was immediately attracted to me. And a few minutes later, we end up in a, a room, a dressing room. What kind of a woman meets somebody and brings them up? And within minutes, you're playing hanky-panky. Oh, my goodness, you see? And there was more to that. That was only during the start of it. You'll find loads of that thing. That's, he's talking about E. Jean Carroll, who will now be compensated about $5 million for what happened to her. He'd probably appeal it. But it would appear, listening to the analysts who are already watching the campaign for White House 2024, that he'll have the Republican nomination in a bag. In the bag. Uh, it's weird. Weird, weird, weird. 0818 96 96 96 if you have any thoughts. There's another story which is in the paper and I saw this last evening and thank you to Michael for bringing it to my attention. This, this is the kind of why would you be a guard type story. Um, I thought of it while I was chatting to Arlene there down in Clannacilty. This is the case from the Dublin District Coroner's Court. Now, I won't say too much because it's an open case and etc, etc. But there was a, an incident on the N7 two years ago. You might remember this. Three men were killed in a collision. It was a head-on crash. The BMW they were driving burst into flames after a head-on crash with a truck. This was July 7th, 2021. They were on the wrong side of the dual carriageway. And they were being chased at the time. And their inquests opened at the coroner's court and were subsequently closed at the coroner's court. Why? Because it has emerged now that a Garda is to face criminal prosecution over his driving in relation to the incident. So here he was doing his day's work. These guys were in a BMW going the wrong way up a carriageway and he gives chase. There's a crash. They're killed. And now he's facing criminal charges. It's one we'll watch, but you who the hell would be a guard? 0818 96 96 96 back to Ballincollig and that protest tomorrow evening which I think they can expect quite a, a big crowd protest at the fire station tomorrow evening demanding that it be reopened and staffed and very upset 
the people of Ballincollig are that their local fire station is sitting there idle, closed and locked uh, while they worry what will happen to me if I have to call the fire brigade. They will get a fire brigade, but from the city probably, where they could be getting one down the road. And the worst part of that is that as the city fire brigade screeches with his blue lights on down towards their problem, it's passing this fire station that's full of stuff and empty of staff. Jade, morning. Morning, PJ. The importance of a local fire brigade. Yeah. What happened like, um, It was just a normal day. I came home. I brought my baby out of my car. I put it to the kitchen in the high chair. I live rural as well, like, so it was a bit scary at the time. This was a few weeks ago now, yeah? A couple of weeks ago, about three three, three or four weeks ago. So I took the baby and put him in a chair. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. I want to talk to you, but that line is not the best. Can you... Okay, bear with me now one second, PJ. That might be better wherever you are there. Stay there. Is that better now? We'll try that. We'll try that. So about three weeks ago, you'd just come home and parked your car. Yes, I parked the car in the driveway, which is on a slope. And I put the baby inside the house. I went back to the car and I had all the doors open and I was emptying everything out the car. Didn't I knock the handbrake with a box? The handbrake went down. I was in the back of the car, so I hopped out. It was going slowly. I then went to the driver's side door to pull up the handbrake. It picked up speed, so my car basically crashed into the house. My right leg was still out of the car, but my left leg was in the car, which then slid up against the house, and the door kind of crushed my leg between the... You know, the the door crushed my leg because the car was crushed by the house. Yeah. So I couldn't get out of the car. I had no phone, you know. Um, My neighbours went in. I'm bibbing the horn, trying to get everyone, you know, to stop driving past. No one blinked an eye. I was screaming for about 10 minutes, I'd say, for someone to to help me. You were in a lot of pain, were you? I was in... I was in shock. Um, I don't even think the pain was... It was pressure. I thought my leg was just going to pop, you know? Mm. So basically, bless her, this lady across the road heard me screaming. And she ran down. And she tried to move the car. She obviously couldn't, like... Because we were on a slope as well. So she ended up, obviously, calling the fire brigade. And they were here within... Now, I must have been... My leg was trapped for a good 30 minutes in Mm. total. But by the time she came down to me you know, and called for help. So I must have been there a bit longer, actually. Um, by the time she then called for the fire brigade to come up, I'd say they were up here within 10 minutes. Yeah. Six minutes, maybe. Um, and that was the know, nearest fire station to you, which was McCroom. It's McCroom. And I'm I'm kind of, I'm in McCroom as well. But like, I was just listening to you there this morning um, about Balancholic not having a fire station. I mean, imagine if, you know, there was a fire, obviously, but an accident, a child needs help or you need help. It's scary, you know, to think if they didn't come out to me so quickly, I don't know what would have happened. Mm. How are you? Is your leg okay? It's grand. It's absolutely fine. There was no break. Um, but being crushed, I think it's anything over 15 minutes is quite dangerous. Um, but I was fine, just bruised, swollen. And that was it. Yeah. So I think it's really important that, you know, people from Balancholic do take it seriously mm. and, you know, go down and protest like... Well, like you said, Jade, it's, it's not like they don't have 
a fire station. Yeah. They have a big, shiny, beautiful fire station full of shiny, exactly. beautiful equipment and mm. no, one to, no one to operate it. I know, and it's a shame. It is a shame. Yeah. Right. You know? And it's a big town, like. Yeah. 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 Imagine if, so that, imagine if they had to come to, from town to you. I don't, exactly. I don't know what I would have done. I reckon, I, I really don't know. You know, my, you see the fire brigade then had to come in and they had to pick the car up. Like there was about five or six at the bonnet. Yeah, they what did picked, they do? What, what did they do? Well, a paramedic arrived and two fire brigades. Um, right. They were kind of expecting it to be worse. They thought the car had rolled over me. They kind of got the information mixed up. Um, so the five, or, oh, I can't remember now, I think it was about five um, firemen kind of all had the bonnet at the front mm. and, a, and a paramedic sat in next to me and put the handbrake down. But as he put the handbrake down, they pushed the car out of the house to nice. free my leg. Nice. So yeah. liter- literally brute force. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bless them, like, I'm so grateful, you know. Fantastic. They're just, they're just amazing and they were so efficient, like, they were there within minutes. So if, you know, thank God for my neighbour over the road. But like, you know, these things you need—they need to be quick. They need to be there. Like, so I mean, if you're only being a melancholic, and God forbid your child hurts themselves, and there's no one there, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's really important to it's, be honest. It's a shame. Stories like yours are the kind of story that illustrate the importance. Jade, thank you, and I'm glad you're making a good recovery. McCroom Fire Brigade, well done. There's a protest. Um, to do with this ongoing situation in Balancholic. It's at the fire station in Balancholic tomorrow at half past six. Big, shiny fire station full of lovely, shiny equipment and nobody using it because there's no staff. Thank you, Jade. 0818 96 96 96. Change the distance from home to the fire station and keep them in the fire station as normal workers on 24-hour shifts. Surely this can be sorted very easily says Vic. Well, Vic, the situation is, as Anne Doherty told us, sitting opposite me here last week, they're struggling to get retained firefighters. The retained firefighter is the guy that carries the beeper and he's there, or she's there. Staff is what they need. Staff firefighters um, is what they need. And to open it. Yes, just some more stuff to, to clear up before I move on, because we are busy and I don't want to forget anybody and um, coming up coming back to all your prices and the rip-off prices and talking to the restaurateur JP McMahon earlier this morning making the case for the restaurant making the case for the cost of food making the case for the cost of service and energy he reckoned that 90 cents for a scoop of whipped cream on an apple tart was reasonable now I nearly lost my reason when he made that point but he said it was down to the labour involved in whipping the cream serving the cream and cleaning up the plate after the cream. It was also down to the energy involved in whipping the cream and then the energy involved in storing the cream and all of those things. And he reckoned that 90 cents for a scoop of cream was reasonable enough. Oh, come on out of that. Kevin says, look, I get the extra charges for something. A quid for a slice of toast. It's about, about par for the course. But the cream... The same person doing the whipping of the cream is getting paid irrespective of whether they're whipping cream or not. So wages isn't an argument here. Good point, Kevin. You're not hiring a cream whipper just in case someone wants a scoop of cream. But that's what JP would have you believe, which is a very good point. I got a roll with two sausages in it. Three or four, four, what? 
4.40, says Peter. A roll with two sausages in it. 4.40. Now, I know JP gives out to me, or gave out to me, for saying this. Two bits of sliced pan, or a roll. So a little baguette, maybe a quid. And two sausages. You'll get a pound of sausages, eight sausages in a packet for what? Two quid or two twenty or two... Th- I don't know what it is these days. Exactly, I don't. It varies, I suppose. But certainly, four forty for two sausages and a bit of a roll. Yeah. 0818 96 96 96. Boycott! Boycott! Says this message. We need to begin the fight back. We must begin the boycott. We're sheep, and all we do is bah. RDS Bruce Springsteen concert. A burger. 11 quid. What? 11 quid for a burger. With the power of social media, this crap needs to stop and stop quickly. Why is everyone moaning about it? No one's taking action against it. This is criminal behaviour. I doubt that, but... The French protest. The Irish just whinge. The easiest and most inexpensive protest is a boycott. Doesn't cost anything. Doesn't involve doing anything. It's in no way an inconvenience, apart from selfish people. It has immediate results, but for some strange reason, nothing happens. Nothing is changing. 11 quid for a burger is criminal. Are we going to wait till it's 15? A fiver in a car to the concert... Oh yeah, five people in a car going to the concert. You ready for this? So they went for the bit of grub before going to see Bruce. As you do, it's a long show. You're going to want to eat. Five burgers, five chips, five drinks. Do the sums. I'll tell you after the break. You guys ready? Watch out, watch out. Drive home weekdays from four on Cork's 96 FM. The one second song, it's been wrecking heads all over Cork for weeks now. It's frustrating. It's doing my head in. It's infuriating. And someone needs to put a stop to it. Does this song even exist? (laughs) Tune into the Big Drive Home for your chance to play every weekday from four. The Big Drive Home with Nyan Motors, your number one for Kia in Cork. Cork's 96 FM. So let's go through that, right? That Bruce Springsteen concert, uh, the burger joints around the concert at the RDS. This family of five, I'm assuming, or five friends in a car. So they all had a bite to eat before the gig, as you do. So five burgers, five chips, and five soft drinks. Total, 145 euros. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. This is a gorgeous, gorgeous dog called. Look at this picture called Noir. We'll we'll share his picture if we haven't done it already. Uh, he has been in the pound for at the Cork Society of French and Cruelty Animals for almost a year, and he is just looking for a home. Vincent Cashman, good morning to you. Morning, Peter. He's an absolutely gorgeous creature. Where did he come from? Um, he brought into us as a stray. Now, you'll have to excuse his, his fashion sense is a little bit out there, but he's um, a mixture between a giraffe and a Peaky Blinder fan. Yeah. He has been with us almost 12 months, but the, the, the problem is he is one of, 
across the country, I suppose, thousands of, of dogs that have been left abandoned and dumped um, for charities and pounds to, to, to take on the responsibility of. A lot of lurchers, I'm told, Vincent. There was quite a few lurchers. Um, we, we would, on average, hear between 20 and 25 lurchers any given day. Really? Coming into They're definitely, are, come, uh, no, uh, in kennels. Oh, we'd have, we'd have um, on average, 55 dogs in kennels, but almost half of those would be would be lurchers. Now, my my daughter is a veterinary nurse, as I told you before, and she's weak for lurchers. She says they're the most adorable dogs. Why do people give them up? The problem with them is, um, and I, some of it relates back to COVID, we were, we were dealing with a far more dogs a number of years ago, coming in and out. But you had people there that were adopting dogs. And during COVID, everyone got a dog. Some people shouldn't have got them, hence they're surrendering them. Um, but everyone got a dog. So the, the amount of homes that are out there that are looking for dogs has decreased. Mm-hmm. And you have some people then that are still breeding them. I mean, there's some people breeding lurchers because... Um, and and we, we've, we've spoken to a couple of them where they're actually... They're not going to breed them at all or uh, because they, they can't afford to feed them. And then they're just dumping the pups. Yeah. Now, are lurchers hungry? Do they require a lot of exercise? Are there is there hard work in having a lurcher? Generally speaking, no. They're a very, very lovable dog. You will have some, all right, that will have traits like Noir doesn't like cats. <laughs> right. And if it's if it's going to a cat home, there will be there will be trouble there. <laughs> um, but that. But, but a lot of them, there is there is no issue with them at all. They're a couch potato. Yeah, uh, they'll do their zoomies in the morning if they're let out into the garden, and um, once they're on the lead, they're 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 generally speaking, they don't pull, they don't drag. They're very very docile dogs on the lead. Mm-hmm. What age is he? Um, uh, Noir, I think he's in, in around two years old. Right. Oh, so he's only a little. He's really a pup, really. He is. I mean, it's it's a fright. We have we have pups in here that were 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 born here. Um, we have a couple of of adoption forms in for them, but even that is is very very slow at the moment. Yeah, it's incredibly slow. He's also black, and you say that some black dogs are slow to go. They are. Well, it's weird. The same with cats. Black cats are slower to go as really? well. Believe it or not. Really. Yep. And then the complete opposite. We've two cats. One of them is black, and she's an adorable creature. No, she's a lightning jade. She take the hand off you, but she's an adorable creature. Do you know? Yeah. Some people just have a quirk. If we have, if we have a a tortoiseshell in alongside uh, a black cat, we get more interest in a tortoiseshell. Well, the tortoises are beautiful cats. But yeah. so, so really, Noir is one of a, a number of lurchers. But he's the longest resident down at the pound now. He's the longest resident here, yeah. yeah. It's actually funny that he knows, he probably knows his way around this building better than anybody else. <laughs> What's his when ideal? When he comes in the door, yeah. when he comes in the door, he knows his kennel. Um, even when he's taken off the volunteer dog walkers, he'll, he'll just come in the door, he'll, he'll knows his way in the door and he'll head away down the kennel. You could even take him off the lead, he'll, he'll wander away down to the oh. kennel himself. He had a little yeah. pal as well for a while, but she's gone now. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's uh, he gets on great with other dogs, nice. but as I said, cats now would be an issue, and we're we're assuming then chickens as well. Any small livestock would be an issue with him. Yeah. yeah. So so where's an ideal home for him? Do you? I mean, with a, they're they're big dogs. 
you know, they're not they're not King Charles, they're not Jack Russell, they're big dogs. Does it need does it need to be out in the country? Not necessarily, once he's getting exercise. It's like anything. We get people here and they say, oh, I have a huge back garden, I have an acre of ground, the dog can run around inside of it. The dog will, will, will run around that for a time. Yeah. And then afterwards, it's like ourselves. He'll 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 just sit down because I'm not gonna go for a jog on that. I can he'll get bored and I'll just wander out. So it's more exciting for him. If he's clipped onto the lead, he could he could maybe walk a couple of kilometres then. But if there a big garden isn't necessarily what ideal for them. Yeah. And then thinking you as the dog owner that they have plenty of exercise. They're not going to do that. Yeah. They'll 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 exercise when you exercise them. And they also see a, a strong, slim, muscular dog and they say, God, the legs will be walked off me, let alone the dog. Exactly. And that's not always the case. Sometimes there with lurchers you, you could be dealing with something that they don't want to go out. <laughs> That they will just stand at the door, sit, or worse again, lie down by the door. They don't want to go out, you know. <laughs> so, so some of some of them are are couch potatoes. But once you get them into a routine, yeah, they're very very sociable. Uh, and once they get into a routine, they, generally speaking, there isn't issues with lurchers. We've but it's just shared, a sheer volume of, of them all over the country. We've shared his picture on opinion at ninety six Now he is an adorable creature, and like you say, friendly and and. Well, well, socialised now at this stage. Got all his vaccinations. Yes. Is he is he neutered? Yep, he is. He's all he's all good to go to a loving home. He's he's basically ready to rock and roll. It's just waiting for the for the for a suitable home. We've had we've had applications in for him, and what, but it's uh, some of them have been unsuitable, and then the problem we'll say some people then get it. Would you believe because he his his photograph now has appeared on Facebook and on on your own website and everything else. And then some people try to apply for them because there's the kind of, um, there's the celebrity dog part of it. Oh, oh I'm after getting the dog that was on. But we weed all that out. Oh, so what, we're, you, what you're looking for, it's knee-jerk reactions. You get a lot of those when, when there's a story produced. Yeah. And, but you have to weed through all those. What we're looking for is a permanent home for him. Right. He deserves a go. You know? Well, he'll be a year there on the June the 16th. We would hope to get him out of it before then to a, to a loving that's the plan. That's right. the plan. Vincent, thank you. And thank you, as always, for the great work that you and your team do down there at the Cork Society for Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. Noir is up on our Twitter now. Totally agree with Vincent. Lurchers and whippets are beautiful, loyal, lovable dogs. And yes, they do love their exercise and they also love their bed, says Vicky. <laughs> I'm told that, that if you walk a lurcher... Walk him for a mile or two, bring him home, and all he wants to do for the rest of the night is sleep and maybe eat. 0818 96 96 96. He's being classed now as, and described now as Cork's loneliest dog. Wouldn't it be great if we could sort it? Tom says on Balancholic Fire Station, it's typical City Hall thinking. It's ridiculous that Balancholic Fire Station is closed. It should be open 24 hours when it's serving a population of that size. And shouldn't clear up some more of your correspondence from the, for the last day or two plenty more stuff coming in on on the cost of the cost of food and on NCT oh Jesus PJ don't start on the NCT my old NCT was out in October couldn't get a date until April luckily the car passed first time but my new disc is only valid until October it should surely be a year from when it passes that says Brendan that it, exactly. 
Liam Cotter was saying exactly that. PGMNCT was due last September, got it done in March. Now it'll be out again in September, says Rose. They're going to have to extend search for two years and cars aged three to eight now get a three-year cert even. They just won't employ enough testers and there's only 24 hours in the day. They have no other choice, says Kevin. But there's the thing. There's many ideas come out of a county council meeting and many of them you will roll your eyes and go, great idea, lads, but it's never going to happen. But there we are, one of the most respected figures in the industry in Cork, Liam Cotter, who says this idea that they passed at Cork County Council in the last few days to ask Eamon Ryan to tell the NCT that everyone should get a two-year cert for the foreseeable to clear up the backlog in the NCT. Liam Cotter said it's one of the best ideas he's heard in a very, very long time. Stuff still coming in on prices. The man that said there's not much profit in dairy, this was JP McMahon, uh, who suggested that 90 cents, the restaurateur from the west of Ireland, who said that 90 cents for a scoop of cream on a slice of apple tart, that he could see that as a reasonable charge. I disagree with him. I will disagree with him with the last breath of my body, but he is entitled to his view. Uh, and he put it down to labour and energy and all of this. 90 cents for a scoop of cream on a bit of apple tart. Uh, the man was saying there's not much profit in dairy. Well, I don't know about his outlet or possible artisan dairy products, but I was out with my husband last weekend and we went for a pint of milk each with our meal. It wasn't a chain, it was a local outlet. We were charged six euro for two pints of milk that were poured from a container, from a regular dairy, a regular container that you buy in a shop. If that's not profit, I don't know what is. I would love to go on air, but I'm at work. Well, yeah, and we'd love to have you on air, maybe when you're not at work. The only thing I'd say about that one, a two-litre, two-litre drum of milk, uh, depending on where you buy it, if you bought it in a Tesco or an own brand place like Dunn's or one of those, you get it for fairly cheap. But a two litre drum of milk um, from one of the brands does not much profit if they're charging three quid for two pints of that. To be fair now. Hold on, two litre. Oh, hold on, yeah. Two. Wait a while. I stand corrected. If it was a litre drum. I know, I stand corrected. You're right there. They're making, they're making money on that. They're making money, on, a lot of money on that. Mick says at one stage we managed to feed all our own people and export a lot to the UK and the US. And why can't we have those days back? Shouldn't we be going back to those days? PJ was in a shop yesterday. The staff were very upset because they were being given out to by their boss. They had been told to pull up all the prices. Anything between 30 and 70 cents on 80% of the products in the store. Customers were shocked. It all happened overnight. There was two young fellas. I feel, you feel sorry for this. One. Two young fellas who had to leave because they didn't have enough money for the packet of crisps they'd normally get during a break. Yeah, that's sad. That is sad. There's Now, there's a thing, and I don't know if anybody knows this. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But there's a particular kind of sweets... That I, I like, look, I have a sweet tooth. We we know this. I have a sweet tooth. And I was in a shop recently and they had them on a rack. You know the way they're hanging on the rack there. And they had one euro for the packet. They're jellies. 
right? One euro for the packet of jellies. And I grabbed two packets and up to the counter. We have a thing in the kitchen called a happy jar, so it was full of sweets. And I grabbed two packets of these jellies and put them up to the counter. And she charged me two fifty for them. And I said, huh? It's a euro. And it's like the price euro, one euro, is written on the bag. It's embossed on the bag, only one euro. One twenty-five. I was charged. And I wondered, was that even legal? Is it? Is that even legal? Join the conversation. Call us now. 0818 96 96 96. This is The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cox 96 FM. Now, heading into holiday time, those of us who are lucky enough to be able to afford a holiday, Annette is due to go on holiday soon and has run into a problem, a distressing one. Annette, I'll be with you in about a minute, but I want to go through some some correspondence before I do because tonight is the second semi-final of Eurovision there's 10 more places to be decided our crowd, Wild Youth, still smarting from what happened to them on Tuesday night, young Connor getting into tr- I don't think I don't think it's fair that people are giving him giving him grief over this he was upset and he was disappointed and he felt hard done by it and he felt he didn't get a fair break and I don't know why he didn't, he felt, but if he felt it, he felt it. And he put up a tweet, which he's since taken down. It makes me so upset and angry to see Wild Youth response to not qualifying. That was, oh, that was the responses. He said, uh, he said, they never gave Ireland a chance. We did everything we could, he said, but they never gave Ireland a chance. Sorry if we let you down. We tried our best. Now, that has now been deleted. He's getting in trouble. I don't know. I can see how he feels. I really can see how he feels. Um, we had, and staying with Eurovision, our Irish entry was Wild Youth. Have you ever seen our Irish lads wear a jumpsuit like your men or any kind of a get-up like it? They should have worn a hoodie and ripped jeans or maybe one of them in a nice suit. That's um, from Anne. It looked more like Cher. <laughs> Stop it, a nice suit, like Dickie Rock or Sean Dunphy, I mean. Morris says, RT want to ask themselves questions about why we're not doing well in the Eurovision. The Irish entry wasn't a strong song. It wasn't terribly original. But it was good enough to go through to the next round uh, when contrasted against Finland, which was the worst, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, Finland. Yeah, yeah, this, this, this thing. That went through, and we didn't. And this went through. That went through, and we didn't. So you can see why you can see why Connor might be a bit peed off with that. But thank you, Morris. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Thank you for holding it. When are you due to go on holidays? Morning. In, in just in ju- good morning, PJ. In just over two weeks' time. Okay, and you've booked it and put everything in place, and it's all ticket. Oh, yeah. What's the problem? Well, the problem is um, I use a rollator to help me walk, which is, you know, those three-wheel thingies you see people. Some people have a seat in them, some people don't. I don't. Yes. Um, just because I had a, a bad car crash a couple of years ago and my back is maybe fit. So They're like little folding things. Yeah? Little folding things, that's it. Exactly. And I mean, I wouldn't use it on a day-to-day basis at all. It's only, you know, if I have to walk a good bit of a distance and stuff like that, I just find it just takes the pressure off my back and I'm not in pain. So, now you're you know, flying out of Cork, are you? I am flying out of the fabulous Cork, I am. And you want to use this little rollator to go out to the plane? 
Yeah, so generally what happens is when I when I go, when I'm getting a really long flight, I, I take it <clears throat> to the uh, steps of the plane, it gets taken off me, and um, I get it back then when we land so that I can head into the airport of my destination and... Um, you know, and just be self-sufficient and just get on with my holiday from there, you know? Seems fine to me. What's the yeah, problem? Absolutely. Um, so I booked through uh, Love Holidays, which I've done many times before, and they're great, as usual. Um, but for some reason, this time around, they cannot guarantee that I will be allowed to take the rollator through to the plane or take it, like, basically from the check-in desk anywhere beyond that. Like, they're saying that... Uh, there's a chance I may have to um, put it into the, you know, the the cabin. So it's in other words, or not the cabin, underneath. So like with your luggage, that I won't be able to actually use it. Yeah, <clears throat> you sent um, us some is, screenshots of your correspondence. I did, I did. I was talking to a lovely lady. Yeah, and it's, that's the other problem with love holidays lately. You can't actually get to speak to somebody. You end up having to do this chat thing, you know, yeah. which is grand if you're able for it, but not everyone is able for it, you know. And all you um, want to be able to do, and the flight—is it a Ryanair flight? I believe so. Yeah, right. I to actually be, to can't. Be, to be yeah. fair to Ryanair. And and I'll say this for them. To be fair to Ryanair, once they know in advance that you yeah. have a mobility issue, they yeah. are reportedly very good. Supposedly. Now, I, as I said, I, I've flown Ryanair a good few times before and um, I don't can't remember if I had the rollator because it's been quite a while now since I was away. Um, but I, I don't recall any issues with them. Right. You know, I really don't. But for, for some reason, love holidays were just saying, um, no, sorry, we can't deal with that. The first um, query I put through in the chat would say, they just said, no, sorry, can't deal with that. And they closed it. So you've got to go through the whole ring roll again. It takes about four hours to get a response. So you, But you give them your phone number and they'll text you when the agent is nearly ready to speak to you. Mm-hmm. And so you can go back to your computer then or whatever and you just chat away then through um, the chat bot. Right. But like, they just... They're just saying, no, we can't guarantee that. Um, Let me focus on those words for a second or two, Annette. Um, mm-hmm. We can't guarantee. You see, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going on some experience here in that in the very early days of travelling with my young lad. Yes. He, he was nervous of queues mm. and nervous of waiting and nervous of crowds. Now, thankfully, that's all gone. But he was very nervous and I would do my best with whoever we were travelling to say, look, can we make sure we get on first? Can we make sure yeah. we... And always, first of all, they never refused. But mm. they would say, I can't guarantee it. Uh-huh. They'd uh-huh. say, I'll do my best, but... Yeah. I can't. Is that the sense you're getting? We'll do our best, but? but? Yeah, but you see, I suppose the only thing that I'm saying, PJ, is that from <clears throat> from my point of view, if I don't get to bring the rollator with me on it, so we just say, for instance, they do, I get refused, then it's causing me a big issue if I decide to go ahead and go on the holiday because I'm not going to have it at the other side. Yeah, I don't see why they wouldn't put it I, on. I see, but this is it. I can't see why they would either, but I can't see why it's such a big issue. I, I mean, mm. why can why can the, tour, the holiday operator that I booked through, why can they not, you know, have that cleared with the likes of Ryanair or whoever it is? Yes. You know, this is very straightforward. It, you know it what seems I mean? to be terribly straightforward. Yeah. Like your flight number, you, do you know your flight number? I don't, you see, this is it. You can't get that information until it is 48 hours before departure. So I think it's Ryanair based on, you know, the flights that are going out of Cork at the time. Where are you, where so are you going I think to? It's, we're going to Rios. Chances um, are it is Ryanair, yeah. 
That's yeah. Not well, yeah. my suggestion <laughs> would be, Annette, my suggestion would be, and this is just as a traveller yeah. who's been abroad a few times, and as I say, in the early days, my young fellow, we to make mm. some provision for him because of his nervousness and things uh-huh. like that. And one thing I will say is that Cork Airport, when you go talk well, to them, are wonderful. They're one wonderful, of the best. Wonderful, wonderful, oh, wonderful, right? shadow of a doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But what I would suggest <clears> is that as soon as you get your flight number and those, mm. I would be inclined to call Cork Airport. That's what I was thinking. And I would yeah. be inclined to get on to the ground handlers mm. and say, I need to get this thing out onto the plane. Absolutely. You know? and, I, and I mean, and I really don't doubt for a second that, you know, Cork Airport, the staff, or, or, whatever, or they started sorry, out. Sorry, if it is a thing, sorry to cut a question, if it no, is no. a thing that you'll have to put the relator on the plane, then you say, well, can you get me out of the steps another way? Yeah, yeah. You see, and, and I mean, look, and the Cork Airport has a very short walking distance from, we'd say, you know, from the terminal to the plane. But it might in be general. much for you. Maybe it depends. It, it, look, it's between fibromyalgia you now and everything else. I, I could have a great day and I could have a bad day. I know. <laughs> um, but like for the most part, I I I will be fine. And as I said, Cork Airport is fine. I I, I will sort it. You You're know what I mean? The other uh, end, though. Yeah. Well, you see, this is the issue. Like, and again, but again, Rius is a very short uh, walk space as well between when you land and where your terminal is. You know. So I, I'm looking in that respect. I just wanted to make sure that nobody else gets caught with something like that because yeah. there is no facility to book that in when you're actually booking your holiday because I was doing it online myself, you know. I see. Ah, so that's it, where I'm kind of getting ah, at. I've got a, I've got a mountain, me, TJ. I'm well able to stand up for myself. <laughs> you know what if, I mean? If you're booking Ryanair directly on their website... You, you I think you can do it there. Yes, you yes. can. Yes, you yes. can. I see. But I couldn't with Love Holidays, you see. So that's why I was like, actually, to friend, I'll just, you know, get on to them closer to the date and I'll sort it out. And that's then when I realised they they seem to have an issue with it. And I just don't know what it is. There's a communication between them and the airline and blah, blah, blah. And I don't want to keep using Ryanair because I'm not sure, as I said, I cannot be 100% that it's Ryanair is the flight, but I think it is. Yeah. Um, but so I just, it's just bigger belief. But I, I just kind of wanted to say it so that nobody else will get caught yeah. in that respect. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because of the people who are a lot more dependent on their mobility aids than me. No, you I, know? I, 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 <clears throat> I do think that as soon as you can extract your data from mm. Love Holidays in whatever way they give it to you, and you've travelled with them before, so you kind of know that routine. I have indeed. I have indeed, and I've had no issues. And this yeah. is the first time that you can't actually check anything. This is the first time I found that I can't check any of my details until 48 hours before the flight. There's another thing. Check the date, right? Mm -hmm. And then the flight... No, 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 no. no, no. (laughs) Check the date Uh that you're travelling and the flight number is constant. So if you ring up the... You can't see the flight number. That doesn't matter. What's the flight number of this week's flight to Reyes? Yes, yes, yes. It's the same flight number. It should be, yeah. And right. I mean, I looked at the scheduling from so, Cork Airport yeah, and it I, I looked be, like if it's I were you, if, if I were you, Annette, and like you say, you, you, you have a mouth on you, I'm the I same. <laughs> I get, and at least I get paid to use mine, right? That, that's fair enough. Um, <laughs> get, get onto the airport website, find mm. the flight number of Reyes, mm-hmm. and start working on it now. Yeah, this is it. I suppose, look, that's it. I just kind of, um, I just said, look, as I said, I've emoted me, I'll sort it out. But I just wanted to highlight it for anybody else who may not Indeed. be aware of the situation. Indeed. And, you know, like that, as I said, somebody's relying on a mobility aid. It 
could shag up their holiday if they don't get it on the outside. You know, if they don't get it at the other side. Do you know what I mean? All so. right, listen, have a good have a good holiday when you go. And I let me will. let me know how you get on. Oh, I will. I will. Actually, because I'd be away during the giving for living, I'm thinking of running something when I'm over there. Because there's a fellow from Cove that owns a restaurant where I'm going, so I'm going to tap him when I get out there. Give us a call. <laughs> I'm serious. Make because we'll be on the, I will, I will. the two days yeah, yeah. Give us, give us a call. Chris, and Chris McGrath find... from Cove. Ah, owns a, we'll a put us on to him. Give us a call. I will. I we'll, will. We'll I will. I'll tap Chrissy while I'm out there. I, I know. That, <laughs> I know that he listens a lot up at Cork Airport, and I'm very sure that Barry Holland will have either Asher. heard our conversation or be told about He'll it. He'll be told about get it. Get yeah, on the phone and get it sorted for yourself, Annette. Thank you. 0818969696. On the back of that, says, uh, as you're talking about pubs and bars abroad, I, and this is one for tomorrow or for whenever, I'd like to throw open a topic. What do you think of people who go abroad but use only Irish bars and hotels? A bit of a waste, isn't it? Don't get me started. Stay in Blarney. If you're thinking of going abroad and using only Irish hotels and only Irish bars and only Irish shops and buying only Irish groceries, stay at home. That's for tomorrow. For today, we are done. Programme edited by Imroy Hay, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. Thank you for taking part in the conversation in whatever way you did, and we'll talk to you tomorrow, just after nine. Casey and Ross want to send you to Independence Music Festival in Mitchellstown from August 4th to 6th. We've got a pair of weekend camping passes to give away every day. Plus, we'll upgrade one lucky winner to four weekend camping passes with VIP arena access, a pitched perfect bell tent, food and beverage tokens for the entire weekend, indie merch, and side of stage access for an artist of your choice. Join Casey and Ross in the morning from 6. All this week to win, only on Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.